You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come to you for a brand new month of episodes of Movie Recaps. Yay! And for the third consecutive year in a different month, not the same month, but we're back to do Anniversary Month! Yay! As we look at a variety of films celebrating a variety of anniversaries in the year that is 2019. Today, we look at a movie that is celebrating its 20th anniversary in 2019. The movie is Galaxy Quest. What a movie. We're so excited to be able to do this one. It stars Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Sam Rockwell. It's a great movie. We don't even need to tell you how great of a movie it is because it's a great movie, and if you don't think it's a great movie... You're probably an idiot, but I'm not trying to call you an idiot if you're listening to this for some reason because you're a dear loyal listener of the Oz Network, and I'm the idiot for calling you an idiot. My name is Benjamin, 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 James, 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 Waterworth, Waterworth, Waterworth. And my name is Colin, and... Oh, let's just sit here and quote it for 20 minutes. Yeah, that's all we can do. <laughs> There's a red thingy moving towards the green thingy. <laughs> Think where the green thingy. Um, <laughs> seriously, how good is this movie? <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> um, we are doing at least one movie this month, folks, that we don't like. Well, I think we don't like I've not watched it yet. So, I mean, I might love it and I might be an <laughs> idiot. But um, <laughs> Galaxy Quest... Uh, the 1999 movie that I feel, ever since it's been released, it seems to get better with age. Um, mm-hmm. kind of like Glenn Close, except she doesn't win Oscars. Um, <laughs> neither did this movie, but, um, it's a movie that I seem to remember when it came out. It didn't really have a lot of buzz around it. It seemed to kind of just be like, oh, okay, another Tim Allen movie. Um, but it's now, I think, a film that everybody loves it's always talked about as kind of one of the best comedies of all time and just such a a clever movie parroting you know star trek and science fiction culture and everything about it and the fact that it's got tim allen in it it's a bonus i think we've now established that tim allen might be the most frequented person we've covered now on the Oz network uh but alan rickman as i said sam rockwell tony shalhoub how did i forget him i mean I don't know where to begin, Colin. Galaxy Quest. Um, your history with this film. My, my history, I didn't see it at the movies. I watched it on video. I fell in love with it. I'd watch it at least once a year. That's my history. Uh, I don't know why I didn't see it at the movies. Because I didn't. Because I'm an idiot. Yeah, see, I'm calling myself an idiot again. Shut up, Ben. Let Colin talk. <laughs> well, since Tim Allen is now officially the most covered person in the history of the Oz Network, um, <laughs> I've gone over my history with Tim Allen extensively, particularly... Um, you know, Home Improvement being my childhood favorite show and Tim Allen actually being my male role model, like in all honesty, being my male role model <laughs> growing up. Uh, so Home Improvement went off the air in 99. And I knew that this was like the first movie he was making. I'd heard he's going to be making this movie. A- at the time, the plot didn't like 100% make sense to me when they described like he's going to be playing an actor who is on a Star Trek like TV show. And then aliens think that the show is real. And I'm like, well, that sounds clever. I like Star Trek. I like Tim Allen. And when I started seeing the trailers, I'm like, oh, I got to see this movie. I remember it came out on Christmas Day. And I had to go on Christmas Day. And there was like a massive blizzard and everything. Uh, so I still remember like thinking, okay, if I get there, am I going to get to get home? Is <laughs> it going to be safe? I'm going to be stuck in the theater watching it for a couple showings or something. Uh, but I saw it. And again, I just love this movie from the first time I saw it. 
And as you said, like ever, I'll probably watch this thing every single year. Like it's one of those movies that I can quote pretty much by heart. I mean, we were supposed to record this episode, you know, weeks ago, <laughs> and it's been weeks since I've seen it. And it's probably the only time when we've had a delay in recording. Like usually, you watch something, even if it's something you know well. Three four weeks pass, and you look at your notes. You're like, what was I writing there? Like I could have done this without notes. It's one of those movies. It's just like when we went back to um, the first anniversary month. And I'm like, oh, it's White Man Can't Jump's 25th anniversary. We've got to cover White Man Can't Jump. That was it for me this year. I'm like, okay, I don't care what else we do. Like, we can do Dirty Dancing, Titanic, <laughs> all those other terrible movies. As long as I got Galaxy Quest, I will be happy and I will record anything else for the rest of the year. Um, like, this, this is one of the highlights that I've ever had to record in the Oz Network. And yet, as you said, I feel like we're just going to be quoting every single Great Lines movie because every three <laughs> seconds, there's just an amazing line in this movie. It, it's such a fun movie to watch that it's one of these ones that you watch and you're kind of like, I want to watch that again. Like, straight away, you're kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, I'd, I'd easily watch that again. And Mallory watched this with me and I kind of, similar to when you were saying, like, explaining it, I'm like, I'm kind of explaining to her what it's about. And she's kind of like, okay, that sounds interesting. Um, and then basically, I think, like, 10 minutes into this movie, she's like, I like this movie. Uh, <laughs> so, and you know Mallory's enjoying a movie when she does that pretty quickly, so that's good. Otherwise, it's just the favourite and we turn it off halfway through. Um, but, so this movie is directed by uh, Dean Parasot. Now, I didn't think I was familiar with him, but looking at his filmography, at least with the films that he's directed, uh, as a Jim Carrey fan, fun with Dick and Jane, uh, I one of my sort of... I don't want to say guilty pleasure Jim Carrey movies. I mean, I don't think it's one of his worst, but it's one that I don't think people talk about that often, um, which I enjoyed it. But uh, before this, we had ATF and Home Fries, uh, and he also won an Academy Award for Best Live Action Short. Here we go. Look at this. Oh. Come on. For the appointments of Dennis Jennings. Oh, what a movie that was. Uh, back in 1988, um, he then went on to direct Red 2, and he's about to do the new Bill and Ted movie as well. But Yes! Uh, yes! Oh, <laughs> tear in my eye! <laughs> I guess you're then a Dean Parasot fan, based purely on that? Or... Um, okay, I have seen Galaxy Quest. Um, <laughs> I live for Bill and Ted, and I know he's been attached to that for years now, and hasn't budged. I did not see... I saw Red 1, but didn't see Red 2. And Jamie made me watch the first hour of Home Fries until I said I can't stand Drew Barrymore turn this off. So <laughs> it's just Galaxy Quest for me, and I'm happy with that. One of the screenwriters, Robert Gordon, he uh, was one of the writers behind Men in Black 2, probably the worst mm. of the Men in Black movies, but still decent. Mm. Uh, and one I believe you, I think we've talked about this before, Addicted to Love. Have we talked about that one before briefly? Yeah, yeah Matthew mm. Broderick and Meg Ryan, that was a good movie, so... Uh, Maybe also- in my top five romantic comedies. Oh, okay. It's been a while since I've seen it, but uh, I did enjoy it. I remember when I saw it. Uh, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events, another Jim Carrey movie, and uh, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. God, I remember when that oh. was coming out, how big of a deal that was, and it bombed pretty badly. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's it's one of these ones that I feel like there should be more, like, bigger names involved in the making of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. but kind of when you look at it, like some of these people that like, we're having to look up, we're having to go like, oh yeah, cool. Uh, I mean, Mark mm-hmm. Johnson, one of the producers, he won an Oscar for Rain Man, but, uh, I mean, do you have any experience with any of these other ones that I feel we should know more about? <laughs> no, but it's essentially, I never really thought about that, that, you know, this is a movie that's considered, I wouldn't even consider it a cult classic. This has taken on the level of classic. I mean, we'll probably talk you know later on about, uh, the impact this had on Star Trek and how 
it legitimately got included in a poll of the greatest Star Trek movies of all time. <laughs> and that many actors who have been in the Star Trek shows and Star Trek TV shows, not even joking, will say that Galaxy Quest is their favorite Star Trek film. I mean, this movie is not cult classic. It is a classic. And the crew behind it, I mean, none of them have really gone on to do anything major. But even the cast is interesting. Like, Tim Allen was a big deal because of Home Proving. He'd had a couple of big movies. But it wasn't like he was going to instantly equal box office at the time. Because, like, his movies outside of, like, the Santa Claus did, like, okay box office for a TV actor. And then the other big names you mentioned, like Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman, they were not at the top of their game. Like, 1999, it was sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, that's the guy from Die Hard and the the, the lady from Alien. Uh, and then so many of the other actors, like Sam, Sam Rockwell, this is like the first movie he ever made. Like Tony Shalhoub had been one of those guys, like I've seen him in something. And now this entire cast, like you could just run down the cast and it, it's one of those things like, um, you know, when a movie comes out and it's not that big of a deal and then you go 10 years later and if they were to redo the movie poster, it would be 16 names listed above the title. <laughs> And I've got to mention, based uh, on a long-term trope on our uh, program here, Colin, the Veronica's Closet connection. Um, <laughs> Daryl Mitchell, um, who I think the first time I saw this was like, hey, it's Thingo from Veronica's Closet. Um, so uh, he was Leo in Veronica's Closet, for those Veronica's Closet closet fans out there. Um, <laughs> closet <laughs> closet fans? Closet Veronica Closet <laughs> Month, coming soon to the Oz Network. <laughs> Which I also think this might have been one of his last roles, because um, he was in an accident and he's now paralyzed. He's in yeah. a wheelchair now. Uh, so this, I think, was one of his last roles uh, before his accident. But... Um, I mean, yeah, it's interesting, as you were saying, like looking at these names now, because it's all well and good to say like how big name cast it is. But yeah, Sam Rockwell's first ever movie uh, was Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm. And Alan Rickman, of course, too, like obviously was Die Hard. But I mean, I think he got a whole new level of fandom through the Harry Potter films, of course, which only came out a couple mm-hmm. of years after this. So um, just just amazing to think that there's that level there. And is it, is it Justin Long? Isn't he the geeky guy? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. He's Justin Long's in first movie too. Like, what, was he like seventeen when he made this? Oh gosh, something like that. Um, let's see how old. I mean, Justin and- Long Appreciation Month coming soon. Uh, he was twenty-one when this movie was made. I will say there is um, another actor who's since gone on to be fairly successful. Um, that I'll point out when he comes up here. That I never noticed before, and then when I was watching it this time, like, is that who I think it is? Um, well, I'll just spoil it. Rain Wilson from The Office. This is like one of his first roles, and he appears in like one scene, and it, it took me like I had to rewind this time. Like, I think that's Rain Wilson, and it is. <laughs> I I don't really know much about The Office, but um, I'll I'll believe you. You know um, him from other things. I, I probably do. I probably do. Um, but we should really get into this film because uh, it's Please. amazing. <laughs> um, we start off with a very old episode of Galaxy Quest because if you didn't know, Galaxy Quest is the name of the TV show in the movie Galaxy Quest. And uh, you've got the picture on your Skype of Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> <laughs> Asian written, face. <laughs> I've just written, Tony Shalhoub looks Botox-like. That's what I've written on my notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sort of this over-the-top dramatic version of a Star Trek kind of great 80s effects and everything along those lines that we essentially end on the cliffhanger of activate the Omega-13 and then we see to be continued and then we realise that we're at a fan convention and this is a lost episode 
uh, that is shown for the first time since uh, 1982. Uh, and then all the crew come out from the show, the big introduction of a fan convention. Uh, and then the, we get sort of behind the scenes of them all in the, uh, I guess, the what is it, the dressing room. That's what it's called, Ben. Uh, and they're all waiting for someone. They find out that, oh, he's booked another appearance without us. And then um, dear old Alan Rickman, we're just going to call them by their actors' names as we always do, um, starts having a bit of a breakdown and they're obviously all used to this because like, oh, here he goes again. Um, what does he say? And then Sigourney Weaver, my TV guide was six paragraphs and it was about my boobs. <laughs> How my boobs fit into my suit. <laughs> and then uh, in comes Tim Allen who, you know, apologizes for being late. And then he's like, oh, did Alexander have his panic attack yet? That's Alan Rickman's character. <laughs> Guess not. Didn't make, you know, that. Uh, and then they end up talking in Alan Rickman to making an appearance on the stage. What does he say? Like, the show must go on. And he's like, damn you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you say will let me go on stage. The show must go on. Damn you. <laughs> um, and then they get all introduced. And I, I love the way, what are they called? Questarians or something like that? Like, you know, sort of instead mm. of Trekkies. Um, so they all come out on the stage, everyone's cheering, um, we get Sam Rockwell, who is the guy, you know, what's, he was like, random character, or what's he called, like, Crewman number six. Crewman number six. (laughs) I love Sam Rockwell, he should have been nominated for an Oscar in this movie, not fucking, uh, Vice. (laughs) I'm so glad you said that, because, no joke, as I'm doing this, I'm like, I could make a case that Sam Rockwell should have gotten an Oscar nomination for <laughs> Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yes, particularly over Vice. I actually watched a YouTube video recently where it was like people who were snubbed at the, the 91st Academy Awards and somebody legitimately was saying how Sam Rockwell deserved the Best Supporting Actor Oscar. Oh, I'm like, did on. you watch the movie? Um, <laughs> he had less screen time than Rain Wilson did in Galaxy Quest. <laughs> they all end up lighting up to sign autographs and all the fans are like attached to uh tim allen who's telling all the different stories and it's openly flirting with sigourney weaver like luckily he doesn't live in the age of twitter and you know instagram this would all be on the news i do love uh alan rickman just all these people by grandpa's hammer it's like next, <laughs> next. Like, i will not say that line one more time i will not say that line <laughs> and then uh yeah sam rockwell when he's basically like oh you might not remember me i was in uh episode number 82 can i sign some autograph <laughs> just sits down and but let's be honest, there would be fans who would recognise him. I mean, we've Noah and I have talked a lot about this on our Lost Ones. There's, like, random people who go to fan conventions because they were like, I was waiter in Lost. Oh, I remember you. <laughs> Sign my book. <laughs> um, we meet our um, real aliens for the first time, uh, who obviously Tim Allen assumes that they're some people for another appearance that they're trying to be all hush-hush about the next day. Um, so I, I, I kind of like the way that they get introduced sort of at this point and, you know, like, we need your help. I can't even talk how they talk. <laughs> you are our only hope, Commander. <laughs> we should just do the whole episode like that. Next, Tim Allen <laughs> is signing autographs. <laughs> you know, um, on that note, uh, one of the first DVDs I ever bought was the Galaxy Quest DVD. And they do an audio commentary all in translated into the real Thermian language, <laughs> which is an hour and 50 minutes or however long this movie is of everyone's going, <laughs> <laughs> that's the entire commentary. It's an amazing feature. Wow. I, I wonder like how in depth the Thermian language is. Like, do you think they've kind of like fully 
put out a uh, like an alphabet and kind dictionary? of dictionary. Yeah, dictionary. Yeah. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's what that a is. Book you have to give them. <laughs> it's a book. Yes. Come on now. Um, so Tim Allen meanwhile goes to the toilet because he gets rejected by Sigourney Weaver. And then we have him all of a sudden hearing all these people basically bagging him out. Like, oh, hell, what a bunch of losers. Oh, I'm going to go watch the Galaxy Quest dancers and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I don't want to nitpick this movie because this movie's great. But how does he not realize that people talk about him like this? Like, <laughs> I'm not disrespecting Trekkies and people who... Because, I mean, we live in a day and age now where it's cool to be this type of person. Though. It was in 1999, you still had a bit of, you know, I guess, like, negativity around it. But, like, you know, someone like William Shatner can live up to his, you know, who he is. And he kind of takes the, the bad with the good because, you know, there's still people who kind of make fun of it, but he kind of goes along with it. Like, is this is this the point that his ego is so big that he thinks everybody loves him and that even people out there would make fun of him like this and it's a shock to him? Yeah, like it's taken 17 years since the show's been off the air for him to hear one bad thing about himself from a fan. Yeah. <laughs> what bothers me more than anything is that you have to pay to get into conventions. So these yes. two guys are like, what do you want to do with your $20 allowance? I don't know. Let's go mock people at the Galaxy Quest Con. Trolls. That was the the version of 1999 Trolls, everybody, before social yeah. media. They actually paid money to go to these things. <laughs> um, that, it makes it makes Tim Allen very sad. And he, I love that he's just signing his autographs and just like sign, doom, 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 doom. Um, we meet Justin Long for the first time. Uh, I was going to say TV's Justin Long, but had he been in any TV shows at that point? Like, I don't I, think he'd been in anything. I, I mean, I think he went on to be in Crossroads. Direct- I mean, his career started off pretty well, Justin Long. Then he went from Galaxy Quest to uh, Crossroads, basically, after that. Are we doing that for Bad Movie Month next year? <laughs> oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> um... He's asking about the blueprints of a ship and wanting to know uh, the ins and outs of it because, again, you have people like this who actually <laughs> go to um, to conventions. And, again, this is why this is such a great movie because it, it really does parody the culture so well. Um, and, of course, Tim Allen loses his mind. It's just a TV show. Like, it's not real. And, you know, he's very sad about it. Um Stop me if there's any point you want to jump in here. I'm just kind of lumping a whole bunch of stuff here. Um, there's a bit they're talking about Tim Allen being mentally unstable, Scorny Weaver on the phone to Alan Rickman. I do the one thing that I always got confused about when I watched this movie when I was younger is like I was like, is Alan Rickman just have that permanently installed, like his makeup? Because he's yeah. always <laughs> in that like head mask, isn't he? You never see him out of it in this movie. Um, he's at home pouring himself a drink like seven hours later and still wearing it. <laughs> he's kind of obviously like the actor who's just had this role and just no one will remember him for anything else. And he's trying so hard. Like, I've been and I was classically trained in the theatre, you know, but only anybody, you know, this is kind of like what Daniel Craig's going to be like in 10 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was in bloody Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not your James Bond. It's like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> This is purely Daniel Craig's career trajectory right now. Um, Tim Allen's by himself in a giant house. Like, I love how everyone else has got shitty little houses and he's got his massive mansion. Um, and he's watching Galaxy Quest on TV, remembering the lines. And then the next morning, he's passed out. And the aliens that we are soon going to find out are real aliens are knocking, knocking on his door. Uh, Please, Commander, you are our last <laughs> <laughs> 
I just, I just love the way he's just like so passed out and drunk. Like Tim Allen, this is, you know, he kind of plays the same character, doesn't he, in pretty much all movies. But like, gotta give Tim Allen credit. This is a bit of a different role for him. Um, yeah. Compared to sort of the family friendly layabout deadbeat dad who's doing the best for his kid. You know, Jungle to Jungle, uh, you know, Santa Claus. Uh, they're all pretty much the same. Tim Allen. Um, but here he is. Uh, no pants on. I like the little bit where he's like, guess I should get some pants. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. Um, and they're in the car and... Uh, was it, what is he... Uh, before that, it's like, oh, if you want to look for my other shoe. And they just stand there looking up at the ceiling like, oh... <laughs> <laughs> they're like up, down, left, right. They don't move. It's just eyes everywhere. He's in the car and he's like, can we get you anything? He's like, oh, how about a Coca-Cola? And then he starts like flirting with the girl alien. <laughs> and it's like, hi, how you doing? Um, and she, what does he suck? like, ah! Sorry, her translator. Oh, yeah! <laughs> her translator's broken. Um, he ends up, because he's still hungover, just going like, I'm going to close my eyes, keep telling me about this. They get... Um, Transported up into the ship with the um, the the limo, he wakes up and then he basically is on the real bridge of a real alien spaceship. He obviously thinks this is all fake, and he essentially just tells them all to uh, blow up Saris straight away. Uh, and I love it when he's like, "Send it to screensaver seven. <laughs> <laughs> He's still not believing any of this is real, so he's just like, "I'll oh, fire some guns, do this, do that. I want to go here," and they're all like shocked. Um, and they're like, "What if Sarah survives and take care of old Lobster Face?" Um, <laughs> and then he ends up getting taken back to a little room because he wants to go back to Earth. And here he is getting transported, shot into space. He the door of the ship opens up. He looks up into the sky and sees this amazing visual of like galaxies and uh, stars and everything and then when he lands back in his apartment he's there and we've kind of got that shake with that look on their face where they're just like <gasps> like after being <laughs> sent through space it's a great everything about this is great um i'll cap it there but um yeah i'm gonna set something to screensaver seven that's my new thing that i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna do uh one of the most uh, interesting things about this movie, and you kind of touched on, is that how much it nailed that culture of like Star Trek fandom, or even just sci-fi fandom. And the reason I think this movie has always clicked is because they're not making—they're making fun of it in in the way that yes, there are people who are like, so explain to me how you know th- these two decks, which are not connected by any type of corridor, you know, that fans like that do exist, but. The movie still has like it, the point of this is that he loses it on the kids, but then he's like, "Okay, you know what? Like, you, this this is cool. That's fine. Whatever. You know, I didn't de- you you didn't deserve that or whatever." It it treats the fans with respect, and that's why I think all the fans love it so much. And also, just how much they nail all these characters, like you know, Leonard Nimoy who played Spock, who obviously Alan Rickman's playing like the Spock like character. That was kind of the way he was. I mean, he he wasn't ever like so angry and bitter against the role, but. He did everything in his power to get out of playing Spock. Um, and uh, William Shatner is a guy where it's like you can't pry him away right away from the role. You know, they did the Star Trek TV show. They did the Star Trek movies. They eventually killed him off in a Star Trek movie when they passed it off to like the the Patrick Stewart series. And when the Chris Pine series came out and they brought back Leonard Nimoy for a cameo, William Shatner started saying, well, I really think they need to bring me back for the next movie. <laughs> like he still won't give it up. He wants to play Captain Kirk. 
And he's like in his 80s now. <laughs> and that really is what Tim Allen's character is. Like he lives for this role. And then the other things like, you know, Sigourney Weaver's character just repeating the computer, which probably one of the funniest parts of this movie is uh, when, you know, she's talking about, oh, at least you had a job. And it's like, what was my job? And Tony Shalhoub's like, you had the, wait, wait, I'll think of it. (laughs) She's like, I repeated the computer. (laughs) You know how annoying that is? It's the only job that I've got and I'm going to do it well. But like you, you don't even think about it. You watch these shows, and you're like, "There is a character who just repeats the computer," you know. <laughs> and even Sam Rockwell, who played Crewman Number Six, I mean, there's a thing in Star Trek World called red shirts, mm-hmm. uh, which is that in every episode, like the original Star Trek show, you had different color uniforms for different like types of officers, and the red shirts were just the the guys that would die halfway through an episode. And that's what Sam Rockwell is kind of parodying here. So the, just with the characters, they nail everything that all these sci-fi franchises are about. And like, seriously, Sam Rockwell, not even a joke. He could have gotten an Oscar nomination this movie. I mean, I loved, uh, obviously, when we covered Die Hard a few months ago, you know, that was like the happiest moment in my life because that's how much I love Die Hard. Uh, you know, I was a big fan of Alien, uh, Home Improvement, obviously my childhood favorite show. I walked out of this movie and could not stop talking about Sam Rockwell. And it took years before he really ever did anything after that. Like, he is so good. Even just the way he, you know, introduced him, like he did in your opening quote. Peter, 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 Peter. Quincy, 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 Quincy. (laughs) Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. Um, And then the moment where he's signing the autographs. Oh, I just love when he comes up and he's like, uh, hey, how's it going? It's like, oh, probably didn't recognize me. Must be the sunglasses. (laughs) It's been 17 years. (laughs) <laughs> you were crewman number six who died like a third of the way through an episode it must be the sunglasses guys <laughs> he said he's got all his own eight by tens you might have to sit down and sign some autographs with you guys now and he like, reminds me of real... several survivor contestants i'm just going to point that out there the... <laughs> oh, I I just... what are these things i've got on here cards to autograph <laughs> oh well now that you ask <laughs> you probably didn't recognize me it must be the sunglasses <laughs> Oh, yes, I was on that show. Oh. <laughs> uh, and Justin Long, too, is so good. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of Justin Long. And uh, I didn't even put two and two together till you were mentioning, like, uh, Daryl Mitchell. And you mentioned his accident that he had. Uh, but he did a TV show right after Galaxy Quest called Ed. I don't know. Did you ever see the show Ed? Uh, bits and pieces of it. I never sort of got into it too much. But, yeah, I know what the show is. Yeah, it's, it's a great show about a guy who's a successful lawyer that decides to come back to the small town he grew up in to run a bowling alley. And Daryl Mitchell's in that show after his accident, like in a wheelchair. And that also was like the first role Justin Long had after Galaxy Quest. I never even realized until you started talking about what Daryl Mitchell did after that. And I'm like, wait, they were both on Ed. So another connection there. But yeah, Justin Long plays that fan so well. Because again, it's not it's making fun of it, but you're meant to like and feel for this kid, you know? And I, I, I don't know. I, there's tons of Justin Long things. That, I, I, he's a guilty pleasure actor. I know a lot of people think like, oh, he tends to get a little bit annoying. But like, did you ever see the movie Accepted that he did where he created his own college? No. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Live Free or Die Hard. Obviously, going back to Die Hard, he was in the fourth Die Hard movie. Like, Justin Long's great. Um, when Tim Allen uh, uh, is being approached by the Thermians at the convention... Um, I love the We are Thermians from the Klaatu Nebula, and we come to you for help, Commander. And he's like, "Oh, is this about that gig tomorrow?" And then he, goes, he says, "Some mum's the word," and they just start going, "Mum, mum." 
who is the main alien guy? I like him. He um well he's a, he's a great Canadian actor. Uh, where is his name here? Enrico, it's a very Italian. Enrico um, Colantoni. Yeah, he. The first thing I saw him on was you remember a David Spade show called Just Shoot Me? Yeah, yeah, yep. He was on that. Also, there's a very popular TV show called Veronica Mars that he was on. But yep. uh, the thing he's most famous for, at least in Canada, is a TV show called Flashpoint. Oh, uh, like was he the main guy in that? Yeah, I watched mm. Flashpoint when that first started because a it was advertised as a Canadian show, and b it had Amy Jo mm. Johnson in it, the Pink Ranger. So I used to watch that when it was on many. I, I recognize him now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's clicked. I mean, yep. you don't recognize him as much in the alien makeup, but no, I don't think like. I remember the David Spade show, Just Shoot Me, and I just remember outside of David Spade hating everybody on that show because I'm like, nobody is funny on here. And then when I saw this movie, I'm like, this guy's hilarious, and I still don't understand why he's not a bigger comedic actor. Like, I mean, Flashpoint's, like I said, huge Canadian show, great show, but, like, this guy's made for comedy. He's one of the funniest things in the movie. I mean, the whole delivery of his lines and... You know, even just the the little things like the mum mum and looking around the room, like he's so good. Um, and then when they show up to his house, as you said, like maybe I should put some pants on. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, all the stuff in the car too. When they're trying to explain to him, it's like in the uh, third trimester of the uh, uh, Grapfarian uh, Enigma, <laughs> and he's like. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Sarah's like, enslaved our people. It's like Sophie from around here. <laughs> it's just, it's just so good. And to see Tim Allen play such a sleazy character too, because I mean, the Santa Claus he kind of starts out like a deadbeat dad, but like I don't never seen him as a sleazy character before. But like he's he, he's born to play sleazy. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the whole nice guy thing. I mean, it, he's great at that. But like Tim Allen is such a dick in this movie, and I love him. Um, yeah. And when he gets up on there, and he he's still thinking that they're, you know, doing some gig, and he's like, "So do you have pages? Or do you just want me to wing this thing?" And they're like, "I'm not sure. I understand what you're saying." And then <laughs> he's like. Uh, he fires all this. All right, uh, fire this and this and this. And then when he's leaving, he's like, "I gotta go." It's like, "You mean back to Earth?" Yeah, gotta get back to Earth, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "But what if Sarah survived?" No, no, I fired both cannons at him. Don't worry about that. <laughs> 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 and that that shot, as you mentioned, like where he just gets shot out, and he finally realizes, "No, this is real. This is space." And he just lands. It's just that shocked, like comatose look on his face just amazing it's, i love like um, the, he still I, looks so hungover though like with kind of the stubble on his face and just like yeah. <laughs> look on his face oh uh, yeah i guess that's pretty much it <laughs> i out of breath here i was gonna say we need to take a breath everybody uh <laughs> mom, mom. take a breath it's so lost oh. <laughs> it's just also justin long like for a young actor, for him to get like it, it really is important for people to consider how important Justin Long's performance is. This is gonna sound weird, but how important Justin Long is to this movie being pulled off. Because if this kid, Justin Long, plays this character in a, a condescending way where it is just making fun, like the like the comic book guy on The Simpsons, right? <laughs> uh if you play it like that, people are gonna think you're making fun of those fans. But when he's asking all those technical questions and Tim Allen just sort of, sorry, I got to go, guys. And I, was like, I hadn't even gotten to the relative conundrum. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's such a nerdy thing to say, but he has such sincerity. That you're like, I really feel bad for this kid. But the thing is, like, which is, 
and I'm sure you probably know what I'm trying to say here, but like, I think we can relate to him in the fact that yeah. we've all had a fandom of something in our lives where that is our life. And mm. like, I mean, we can think of plenty of things right now, Star Wars, things like that. But like, I mean, even like thinking about things like Survivor, like when I first got absolutely obsessed with it, like everything I did revolved around having to do something to do with Survivor. And you know, we've all got that connection and whether it be a sports team or whatever. And I just think that that's what makes it so relatable. And as you were saying, like, yeah, you play it differently. It's not going to work. Although I, I, having said what you just said, I would have loved to have kind of like a comic book guy and they're like, worst Thurmians ever. (laughs) 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 Just having him there in the t-shirt. Um, oh, Hank Azaria should have been in this movie. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, Hank Azaria should be in more movies There we go Just in general like, just, Start inserting him to just everything a, let's, let's cast him in the Ryan Gosling role in The Notebook Let's yeah. do it From next week when we do The Notebook I'm not watching a thumb with legs um, Make out with Rachel <laughs> McAdams I'm going to pretend that that is Hank Azaria <laughs> Seriously he's a thumb with legs Like he's just... <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. we're going to have so much fun next week knocking Ryan Reynolds, or Ryan Gosling, oh, sorry. No, I, I, I wish it was Ryan Reynolds, the good Canadian Ryan. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm fine that Mallory can go off and do Ryan Reynolds. I'd probably do Ryan Reynolds after she's done <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. We all would. He's amazing. Ryan Gosling? Like, come on. Uh, the guy's got no facial expression. It doesn't move. Like, he's permanently born with Botox. It just doesn't, you know what? doesn't move. I want to recast every Ryan Gosling movie with Justin Long. No joke. <laughs> like, I want Justin Long as Neil Armstrong. No, I go one better. Hayden Christensen, because you know what he would say in every single one of those movies? It's coarse, it's rough, it's irritating. It's an irritating. Get <laughs> and it gets everywhere. <laughs> Star Wars Month coming soon to the Oz Network. Uh- <laughs> Star Wars Month. <laughs> Star Wars Year. Season. <laughs> Star Wars Order. Um, I love this next bit when they're open. What are they opening up? Like a hardware store or something? It's an electronic store. <laughs> <laughs> like, like how bad are their careers? Like, you, you talk about people like William Shatner and that who kind of like are always living up to this. But like, I can't imagine William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy and you know um, all these other people. Will Wheaton, Patrick Stewart standing outside a Best Buy. <laughs> Can I? Can I just, because I can't hold it in, I'm so excited. Can I just deliver the line? Please do. <laughs> we've been all over the galaxy, but we've never seen space age values like we've seen here. <laughs> By Grapthar's hammer. What a savings. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a bit where, like, one of them jumps in a little bit too early because they're all saying, like, their lines one by one. <laughs> And is Sam Rockwell hosting the opening of Home Hardware? <laughs> is he, like, just the permanent host and it's taking forever for him to say, like, hey, remember me? I was Guy, random crewman in this episode. <laughs> but I think it gets even better here because, like, Tim Allen shows up. He bumps into Justin Long. They get the uh, little transponders switched over, which is going to play a part after. But I love it when he, like, is trying to explain to them, like, guys, last night, these people came down. They were, they were... Termites or Dalmatians or whatever. <laughs> and he's trying to... I can't really remember. I was kind of hungover. <laughs> and then he's like, no, no, no. You don't believe... It's, it's real. They gave me one of these. And then they all pull out like their little prop radios. 
<laughs> but does yours talk to people in space? <laughs> and then they like, all like walk this- off. <laughs> I love it when he's like, you know me, a lot of things, but am I crazy? And then the woman shows up, she's one of them, she's a termite. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a fan, it's it's a termite. <laughs> So they all storm off, and I just love the fact that they all get in the car, and they're all like, oh, God, here he is, crazy again. But they're all like, wait a minute, when have we ever turned down a job? <laughs> like, they're literally <laughs> opening up a Best Buy, pretty much, and they're like, hang on a minute. <laughs> um, <and laughs> they all then get transported, basically, to this um, ship, um, and then Sam Rockwell ends up uh, tagging along, and they're all like in shock. And um, they all show, up, and they haven't got their um, their what are they like the morph suit things on? And they all show up with like octopuses, and they're all like, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just absolute silence. And then Sam Rockwell. So perfect. And then, of course, Tony Shalhoub just shows up and is like, what a rush. <laughs> What's with them? <laughs> uh, so they all then get introduced to everything, everyone and then they're all like, oh, we know you. We all know you. And then this is when we find out that uh, the historical documents are a thing. So these <laughs> aliens basically think that the Galaxy Quest TV show was real because they think it was historical documents, uh, I guess, um, showing historical moments from their voyages, which is like, it's hilarious because I love it later on when they kind of go over it and they're like, you didn't think that Gilligan's Island was real, did you? And like, oh, those poor <laughs> people. Those poor people. <laughs> It'd be cool if like we lived in a world where this was a thing. Like there are aliens yeah. out there that like you know think that this is all real, and that that's where Matthew Fox has gone. Like we've solved it. There's like <laughs> there's an island in the Pacific somewhere. They've kidnapped Matthew Fox. It's like Jack, you're our fearless leader. It's like no, no, I'm Matthew Fox. No, you're not. You're Jack. You're the chosen one. <laughs> Wait, you mean somewhere out in the galaxy there are aliens that are listening to the Oz Network? <laughs> Who one day are going to want us to save their galaxy. Yes, exactly. There, there's, a, there's a planet out there somewhere with really coarse and rough and irritating sand. <laughs> and they're I gonna was going to say that. Down, and they're going to take us. And they're like, Colin and Ben, our sand is so coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere. <laughs> Our planet is being attacked by massive dongs and we need your help. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yes they're out there they are out there uh, the truth is out there people yeah. Yeah. Um, they've got the ship it's all modelled after everything that they've seen um, and then they all like storm off like what are you going to go home you're going to pay bills this is the role of a lifetime we're actors um, so they all get uh, into their positions. Tony Shalhoub flirts with um, the the woman, uh, and Sam Rock. What does he say? Like, I'm excited to be on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just pumped to be on the show, guys. <laughs> and then everybody wants to come in and see this historical event of them uh, flying off. Um, and I love is it Tommy Daryl Mitchell here when he's kind of like turns to Tim Allen is like, ah, oh, sucks for you. Glad I'm not the commander. It's like, take us out, Tommy. You're the pilot. 
I love how his voice cracks are right. Yeah. Just check this out. <laughs> and it's one of the, I think, the, probably one of the most famous, if not the most famous bit that I think gets shown the most is when he's like steering the ship out of the dock and he gets like veering to the left and then it just goes. Like scrapes along the side, and just the great acting from like everyone, like Tim Allen and like Sigourney Weaver, the way they're kind of just like moving their bodies to the right. Like, come on, steer to the right a little bit. What are you doing? And, it's, and then like even the music kind of stops the score, and then it just leaves the dog. It's like, dun, 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 dun. like just the way it Oh, it's so funny. Uh, and then it leads us into the bit where they're like eating their food. <laughs> I was like, this tastes like corn fed Iowa beef. And like, it is corn fed Iowa beef. We based it on the uh, the dial- the regions that you were born. <laughs> Alan Rickman's eating like squid. It's like, how's your such and such? Just like mother used to make. <laughs> How are you enjoying your Tecmoc blood ticks? <laughs> Just like mother used to make. <laughs> this is where I want There's, Alan um, to be like all of a sudden go, please, God, no, you're one of them. <laughs> there's um, there's uh, a couple of deleted scenes in this movie, and one of them is uh, as they're showing around the ship, Alan Rickman keeps getting stuck with stuff like this, and they're showing everybody their quarters, and uh, they, they show Alan Rickman at his quarters, and it's basically a bed of, like, you know, these tiny needles that he has to lie down on. <laughs> <laughs> By Grab Thar's hammer, literally. They're <laughs> nails. I'm going to hammer them in. Um, we get a bit of a conversation about the Omega-13. They don't know what it does. Uh, and that's what Saris wanted. He wants the Omega-13. Um, and we see a video of their former commander getting tortured about the Omega-13 device by Saris and his people, his aliens. And this um, essentially leads them all to storm off. Like, nah, can't do it. Can't leave. <laughs> they see this thing getting tortured. Uh, but they can't leave because Saris will kill them all. Um, and then we see Saris on the screen. He always reminds me, and I know they kind of look different. One's a human, one's an alien, but I always think this is Eric Banner from, like, the first Star Trek movie, <laughs> like, because he has, like, green <laughs> spiky things on him, doesn't he? It's been a while since I've seen Star Trek, but, um, yeah, so they, um, basically are like, deliver me the Omega-13 in 10 seconds or I'm going to blow you up. This is Saris on the big screen because he survived the explosion. Uh, Tim Allen gives kind of like a, a cut signal to Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> she's thinking just like, oh, yeah, okay. So they leave the screen on and he's all like, quick, fire these and do this. And, oh, you know, he's, he's stupid anyway. And then she's trying to warn him like, he's on the screen. He's like, I gave you the cut signal. And it's like, no, you gave me the we're dead signal. <laughs> And I was agreeing with you. Like, I know where the hold button is. <laughs> and, this, and then Saris, of course, is like, perhaps I'm not as stupid as I am ugly. I like Saris. <laughs> like, he's a good oh, villain. Great. Was it Robin Sachs yeah. is his name? Yeah. The, playing there. I know him as uh, Ethan in Buffy, but he's been in... Wasn't he in something else we covered that we realized he was in? Um... If you let me pull up his filmography, I will no, confirm. No, you it. mustn't do that. I, I'm sort of... I mean, we covered clearly Baywatch Nights. So, uh, <laughs> probably... Oh, that. it was Tom, Dick, and Harriet. Oh, there it is. Oh, uh, no, maybe it was Rumpole and the Bailey. <laughs> well, he was in Lost World and... He was in Lost World Jurassic Park. He was Paul Bowman. 
Which one was Paul Bowman? Ah, maybe that's what it was. Possibly. I have no idea who he was. Uh, anyway, but uh, no, he's great. We like him. Um, and this is where we get, again, maybe one of the most iconic lines from this movie. Hey, guys, there's a <laughs> red thingy moving towards the green thingy. Uh, I I think we're the green thingy. <laughs> Such a great line, and they're getting fired upon, and um, who is this? It's press turbo. Oh, I always say that. <laughs> and then uh, the computer's the enemy matching velocity. Enemy matching We heard you the first time. I'm doing it. I'm repeating the computer. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love it when they cut to, like, Tony Shalhoub, who's just like, hey, guys, um, just letting you know that the ship's breaking apart. Just FYI. <laughs> just FYI. <laughs> We start hearing an alarm going off, and I remember that sound. It's a bad sound. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. Like, this is what's so great about this movie and the whole parody aspect is that, like, this is legitimately what I think actors would be like in this situation. Yeah. Like, if all of them did get, you know, and they're just basically reliving this show. So you just get random moments of, like, I remember that sound. It's a bad sound. <laughs> And then they go into a minefield to get out of it. It's like, try not to hit every damn one. And Tommy's screaming, just like yeah. at the end. And, ah! then... and flailing his arms in the air. And he's screaming, trying to get the medical quarters. And then we... and then Alan Rickman walks off. Alex, where are you going? To see if there's a pub. <laughs> I know I'm kind of, like, jelling over this pretty quickly, but, like, at the end of the day, this movie's so good that if you're listening to this and haven't watched it, stop listening to us and go and watch yeah, it. Like, we can't seriously. do this justice. It's so funny, but, ah, oh, so many quotable lines, and, ah, oh, talk for me, please. <laughs> um, one really funny thing when they're at the, uh, the, the hardware store opening or whatever, um, when they when they go back, like I think we should have just taken the gig, and it's like you really think he was talking about a job, and then they all file out of the car. When they go back to where Tim Allen is, they pass by Sam Rockwell, who's kind of like he's kind of like trapped this girl, you know, between his arms against the wall, and like he's flirting with her, and you just see her push him away, and just in the background, very quietly, go, but you live with your mother. <laughs> <It's> disgusting. <laughs> um. It, yeah, the, uh, when they get on the ship and they start going through all the intros, like first of all, Sam Rockwell's reaction, that's probably the other most famous moment for this movie. Like It's in all the trailers and everything. Uh, his you know frantic scream when they get there. Uh, when they're going through all the introductions and they're like, uh, um, you know, uh, what, what's, uh, what's uh, Alan Rickman's name? Um, uh, 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 yep, Alex. Finhead. Alex. Um, <laughs> Alex? Alex? <laughs> let's, let's call him Dave. <laughs> Henry. Who's Henry? I forgot Henry. who Henry is. <laughs> uh, but uh, they're going through him and then, oh, Laredo, how you have grown. And, and uh, then they get to Tech Sergeant Chen and it's like this, Tech Sergeant Chen. <laughs> and there's this thing that uh, Tony Shalhoub does. And it took me, I don't know, probably a half dozen views of this movie to get it. But you put together the name Chen. You're looking at Tony Shalhoub. The character's name is Chen. The actor's name is Fred Kwan. And when they say Tech Sergeant Chen, he squints his eyes, and then he did the same thing when you watch the old Galaxy Quest episodes. You realize this is supposed to be a parody of a white guy playing an Asian guy. So when they say Tech Sergeant Chen, he squints his eyes like he's suddenly supposed to be Chinese. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. And he even says later in the movie, he says, uh, he's like, I'm not that guy. My, my, my real name isn't even Quan. It's just a stage name. Like, he just, I just imagine he changed his name. Whoa, there was a big sneeze in the background. Wow, there. I thought was getting attacked. <laughs> <laughs> There's Thermians or Termites or Dalmatians out there. Jamie, you are our last hope. Last hope, Jamie. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like he even says... He changed his name. It's his stage name. So this is a guy who not only on Galaxy Quest, but has made his entire career on playing Chinese characters. <laughs> and he just slips into that Chinese mode and squints his eyes. It's mildly offensive, but hilarious, let's be honest. Um, and just the fact that he no-sells everything. Like, uh, what's with them? And <clears throat> like, the ship is breaking apart, too. And he's like, just FYI, like... Tony Shalhoub is such an unsung hero in comedy. Um, did you ever see the TV show he did, Monk? Uh, bits and pieces of it. I remember when it was, like, really big. Uh, but I never sort yeah. of got into it like a lot of people do. I always... I know they're different, but they kind of are similar. I always got to confuse with House, because I'm kind of like, oh, yeah. are they the same show? But they're sort of not. It, it, Tony Shalhoub is so good. I mean, he's my profile pick right now. And if he's in a movie, it's not like I... I click on his filmography every six months when's the next tony shalhoub movie coming i'm gonna have to go opening night but if i know tony shalhoub's in a movie i'll go out of my way to see it um and sam rockwell uh oh that same scene when they're going through everybody and they're Chen, oh. and then they just they they get past everybody and then it cuts to like and you hear this dramatic Duh, as they cut to um sam rockwell and he's like crewman number guy and they just start looking at him guy (laughs) (laughs) um when they do the uh the the saris negotiation the second one and uh they're about saris about to blast them and tim allen stalling goes you know what gosh darn it i give up just uh give me give me a minute i'm gonna put it in a box for you And then he does a cut signal, and she's like, yeah, you, you gave me dead, as in, like, dead air, and I was agreeing with you. Like, I know where the hold button is. <laughs> like, it's it's no wonder that all these actors, because it seems weird. Like, it's not like Alan Rickman, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, and Sigourney Weaver, like, at the top of their game. They kind of had big comebacks after this. But it wasn't, like, unusual if you heard, well, there's this parody of sci-fi movies, and Alan Rickman and Sigourney Weaver are going to be in it. But what is surprising, what really is a testament to how good this movie is, is that all of the actors involved with it, to this day, say how much they love the movie and love the roles. I mean, Sigourney Weaver's been nominated for who knows how many Academy Awards. And she still refers to this as one of her favorite movies. And I'm I'm hoping we'll talk a little bit more on the end uh, on the possibility of the Galaxy Quest TV show. But I remember hearing about that for years, of the Galaxy Quest TV show that's going to be coming out and thinking they're going to be doing a TV adaptation of this only to find out like a year ago that all of the actors minus alan rickman uh but all of the actors involved in this are saying we will do the galaxy quest tv show so if this tv show eventually gets made tim allen sigourney weaver tony shalhoub sam rockwell they've all said they will be in this and before alan rickman died because they they said that the show would eventually not have happened just because of alan rickman's death which means alan rickman was willing to sign on to do the galaxy quest sequel as a tv show it's just crazy to me that, like, Alan Rickman, you know, late in his career, probably one of the most respected points, would have been willing to continue on to play this character that we're naming Dave, because his name is <laughs> escaping me right now. Um, Doctor something or other. Um, his name is Alex. Alexander Dane. Yeah, I was right. 
Well, the actor's name, but I'm talking about the the the, the character's name on Galaxy Quest. Oh, what is Dr. It? Lazarus. Yeah, Lazarus. Yeah, there you go. Um, what else we have here? Oh, yeah. Uh, the um, the part where he's going, I'm just jazzed about being on the show, guys. Uh, and another, some of these background lines, like, but you live with your mother. One of them is like, wow, the floors are so clean. Like, there's so many little lines in the background. Like, and, and those are the movies that are best when you're catching all these things that second, third, or fourth viewing, that's the only time you're really going to catch it. Um, uh, what else do we have here? Yeah, the minefield chase. Like, I love Laredo uh, <laughs> throwing his arms up in the air and screaming. Um, and then the, the whole, uh, I think we're the green thingy thing. Uh, do I have anything else here? Uh, the minefield. No, let's, let's, let's continue on from there. It's all uh, good. It's all good. Uh, they find <laughs> out that uh, the, what is it, the Beryllian Sphere is uh, yeah. damaged. So they're going to have to fight a new one. And I love it when they're in this room and uh, Alan Rickman... You broke the ship. You broke the bloody ship. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the part where Sigourney Weaver just keeps repeating everything. And it's like, you realize how annoying that is? I have one job. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and just the fact that these Thermians designed their ship. So they're like, the ship can only respond to Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Nobody else can give orders to the ship. The- do these Thermians not operate their own ship because it'll only respond to her? Yeah, I know. Like, before they show up, like, what are they actually doing? Uh, this is the bit where they, like, try to explain what a TV show is. And it's like, you know, surely killing those poor people. Um, <laughs> and they're, they're starting to, like, uh, try to tell them about, like, you know, lies and everything. And this is where I kind of... You know, it's, it's funny and great as this movie is. I kind of, it's, you feel for these aliens because they're sort of, you know, they they live in, I guess, a world where they don't know what lies are and deception. And they're like, you know, we're only learning that through Cyrus. Uh, and then, like, if you are saying you have traits with Cyrus, <laughs> just start laughing. I love it when, I love, like, Tony Schiller's role. Like, what is his role in this? Like, he just literally is in the things, like, Guys, uh, they're telling me, and like he just goes through all this sort of stuff, and is like trying to explain everything. And um, who is it says like, "Oh, we'll do that," and then he, like he turns. He t- I love it when Tony Shalom turns to the other guy, and like, "Guys, well done. You were writing it. Come on, group hug." And he, like, just, oh gosh. <laughs> hugs them all. The the one the the tall skinny one who, uh, spoiler alert, ends up dying. He reminds me of Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> like, he really <laughs> looks like Jim Parsons. Um, so I'm wondering if that's who they Patrick modelled Sheldon Breen. off. <laughs> um, his name's Patrick Breen. Uh, has he been anything else? Get Shorty. Uh, he was in Men in Black. Reggie in Men in Black. Who was Reggie oh, in the first that, I think Black? he's the one um, whose wife The first has... alien he chases, right? No, I think he's the one, like, remember when they go out and the woman gives birth well, and Will yeah. Smith is getting, like, flipped around from the tentacles? Yeah, I think that's him. Mm. So He was also in Christmas with the Cranks with Tim Allen. Was he an alien in that too? <laughs> uh, his name was Obby, so it sounds oh. like an alien to me. Obby, yes, that one. My favourite character from that movie, which I saw once with you. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, but this is where we kind of... I'm just going to call him Sheldon. He starts getting um, nice with uh, Alan Rickman as well. Um, that he's lived by his philosophy. And he goes to say, by grabs, I said, don't, don't do that. <laughs> um, he gives him a device. As they're about to go on a spaceship, there's a nearby planet where there's a lot of these Borellian spheres. 
Um, so they go off there. And this is where Sam Rockwell starts going like, I've changed my mind. I don't want to do this. Like, I've seen this before. This is what happened. And it's like, you're not going to die, guys. Like, yeah, what's my last name? <laughs> and what do they say? Because like, this is where they realize that basically it's an exact replica of the episode that he was on. <laughs> like, I'm going to die. Um, and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Maybe. Like, okay, let's do that thing that we did in episode 81 it's like what, 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 are you sure it was episode 81 and then he admits again is it really episode 81 I don't know guy it's just a plan what does it matter if it's episode 81 because I died on episode 81 <laughs> <laughs> maybe one of my favourite bits of the whole movie though is when they land on the planet and they open the door and Sarah was like what are you doing this is an alien planet do you know this Eric you don't know <laughs> And then he takes one big gasp and holds his breath. <gasps> and Tony Shalhoub seems okay to me. <laughs> like, like, dude, I think it's so funny because like, that is something that like fans would pick up on. Like, oh, how are they going out there? They don't know if there's air. How do humans survive yeah. this? I'm sure it's like a Star Trek thing. Like, people are like, well, how do they know? So just, just the way he delivered. I'm kind of sold on this Oscar thing now for Sam Rockwell in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just the way he delivers the line. Like, is there air? You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> I oh, love the man so much. <laughs> but even like when they're walking out the planet and they're trying to follow this little device that uh, Sheldon's given Alan Rickman and they realise that they've been going the wrong way. It's like, oh, I've been holding it upside down. It's like, really? The whole time you've been holding it upside down? <laughs> it's just a reaction. Like, it's definitely a chemistry three thing with everyone yeah. too. Like, just the great kill. Like, we talked a lot about this during Twister that uh, a lot of what made that so good was just everybody had amazing chemistry. Mm. And you could just tell with this, and that, you know, makes me so happy to think that they're all willing to come on board for a TV show based on that because, you know, this is definitely one of those, you know, if they ever did a secret TV show, that it just wouldn't be the same if all of a sudden, you know, you only have two of them come back and they kind of recast it with people. Um, mm. And lo and behold, if they ever fucking reboot this thing or remake it, like, no, like, it just, it would absolutely destroy it. Um, they then find, um, <laughs> this mine and then they see the little aliens and another, they see the brilliant spheres and they just get another great line. Like, look at them. Yeah. They're, could they be miners? It's like, sure. They're probably about three years old. <laughs> <laughs> miners, not miners. That's <laughs> oh, so funny. Uh, and then they see them and they're like, oh, they're so cute. And then they see this little one come out and he's all limping and they're trying to help him. And they're like, oh no, this is going to get bad. I've seen these. This is where they turn evil. <laughs> um, you know, let's get out of here before one of them kills Guy. Now <laughs> 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 putting up there, maybe the best line of the whole movie. Let's get out of here before one of those things kills Guy. <laughs> And even then, they're like, when they're waiting behind the rock, and there's like just a subtle little moment where you see Sam Rockwell staring down Sigourney Weaver's top. <laughs> but you live with your mother. <laughs> and then they're about to, like, they're about to uh, go in, I guess, and investigate. And this is when they're like, oh, 
I'll I'll make a little signal if something goes wrong. <laughs> I'll go caca caca. <laughs> It's like, we have these, you idiot! <laughs> and then I love it when uh, Tim Allen goes into a vest and he starts doing, like, rolls on the ground. <laughs> Does that really help? <laughs> He's like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I love it when the, they get the Beretta's spear and they start pushing it up to the ship, ship and then he starts saying, like, never give up, never surrender. It's like, will you shut up? <laughs> And then Tommy starts doing that. Like, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it reminds me of, um, I mean, if anything, the movie I'm about to mention stole it from this because it came out two years later. Have you ever seen Evolution with uh, David yeah. Duchovny? Because mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, Sean William Scott in that one when he starts doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I love that movie. That. Oh, such a good movie. Can we do that like in two years' time for 20th anniversary <laughs> month of Evolution? Yeah, and- the long-awaited 20th anniversary of Evolution. <laughs> That's a movie that hasn't been mentioned in anybody's life. Orlando like, like, Jones. Like, the poor man's oh, Chris I Tucker. Love I love Orlando Jones, though. Like, oh, so good. And Sean, whatever and, you know, happened to Sean William Scott? There's somebody who hasn't been mentioned since 2001. Yeah, I think he's lined up as the... I don't know if they've already started filming, but he was lined up as the replacement for that guy who got fired from the Lethal Weapon TV show. Oh, okay. Be abusive to the cast and crew or whatever. And and again, I remember thinking, like, he's still alive? Yeah. He's, he's definitely someone that really just you have not heard of in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of like Alicia Silverstone. He's just perked up. He's tuning into our episode right now. <laughs> Someone <laughs> mention my name. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sean William Scott. Um, if we ever do bad movie, like, speaking of bad, we should really do Dude, Where's My Car? Like, I mean, it's it's one of those ones that's like it was bad but funny. Like as I've in never just, seen it. It's so dumb. It's almost good, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it's got a. It's got your girl in. It. It's got Jennifer Garner in it. So I'm surprised you've seen it. Yeah. Um, so all, all the little aliens are coming to attack them, and um, then Tim Allen's trying to be a hero, and gets into a fight with Alan Rickman, and basically ends up punching him. Like, oh, why is it always you? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he gets, uh, left out to try and save them, and, uh, he's, um, all of a sudden surrounded by all these, uh, aliens, and we see the subtitles, we're like, oh, it looks like a child, hit it with a rock! (laughs) (laughs) And then he wakes up, and, um, we see this pig lizard thing. Um, and then, so the people back up on the spaceship, uh, trying to communicate with him. I love, I'm just watching a bit here when, uh, the Sheldon character runs in through the door and he's kind of got that weird hop run. Like it's, I can't really describe it. It's just the alien, the way the aliens run. It's funny. Um, so they're communicating. They've got this, um, I guess transport system where they can target something on the planet and then they can, uh, bring it back up into the ship. So they're going to try and see if they can do it with... Uh, Tim Allen, but they've not tested it properly before. So they're like, oh, try it on the pig lizard thing. Uh, and I love Tim Allen's line, I'm doing all right with the pig lizard. <laughs> <laughs> and so they bring it up into the transport and then it's like completely been like disempowered. <laughs> and then <laughs> Sheldon, guy, what happened, guys? What happened? Oh, we'll be back to you in a moment. It's like, but the animal is inside out. <laughs> And it exploded. <laughs> and it exploded. <laughs> so, of course, they're a bit concerned that they're not going to be able to get Tim Allen back up into the ship. Tony Shalhoub is um, panicking and they're chanting out 
some what Garignac. Rignac. Like, Gurignac. Uh, and then we've got a giant rock monster basically comes up. And as much as I love this movie, the special effects don't really hold up too well on this rock monster. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still looks all right. And so <laughs> Tim Allen is trying to uh, fight this thing. He's like, digitize me, digitize me. Um, go for the eyes. Go for the vulnerable stuff. It's a rock monster. There's no vulnerable stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Is Alan Rickman who's like, think about it. What is its motivation? <laughs> That's your problem, isn't it, Jason? You're never serious about the craft. <laughs> and then somehow he gets shirtless for some reason. Um, Jamie would have appreciated. Does Jamie appreciate shirtless Tim Allen? Or do you appreciate shirtless oh, Tim sure Allen? Oh, sure she does. <laughs> Who doesn't appreciate shirtless Tim Allen? Underrated shirtless man. Um, so eventually they target him. He gets brought back up onto the uh, the ship. And then Alan Rickman, so you managed to get your shirt off. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I might cap it there. So good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's your problem, isn't it, Jason? You're never serious about the craft. Um, yeah, so when they go on the uh, away mission here, probably the best, uh, I'd say, back-to-back, two back-to-back scenes in this entire movie, when they're landing on the planet, and then once they get there, everything up until uh, Tim Allen gets separated from them, I mean, it's all Sam Rockwell. I mean, everybody has their great moments. Like, for one, Tony Shalhoub, as they're all you know bouncing up and down in the ship <laughs> and panicking, and Tony Shalhoub sitting there eating uh, cheese whiz and crackers, <laughs> smiling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Sam Rockwell speech, oh, I can't even begin to tell you how brilliant. If there's any other argument that needs to be made that Sam Rockwell should have gotten an Oscar nomination for this movie, then watch that one scene. Because he's suddenly like, I changed my mind. I don't want to go. What, after all that fuss you made about being left behind on the ship? That's when I thought I was the guy that would die up the ship. But now I realize I'm the guy who's going to die when we're down there five minutes after we land. And then um, he's going on and it's like, I'm not important enough. And it's like, you have a name, guy. Then what's my last name? It's, uh, see? You don't know. Nobody knows. Because I'm not important enough to have a last name. I'm just an expendable crewman who dies five minutes after we land. And then he starts uh, screaming, you have a last name, guy. Do I? Do I really? <laughs> and he buries his face in Squirt Uber. Mommy! Mommy! <laughs> 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 and it just gets better. Like, uh, some of the just little background things he does. Like, uh, I love whatever this movie, and there's a lot of see in this upcoming scene here where they do this, where they just play up on, like, a thing that you may not have noticed about these types of shows, like the formulas uh, that, well, like how the the clock will stop at number one, like we're going to get to later, or repeating the ship. Um, when Sam Rockwell says the line, something bad happened here. <laughs> 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 which again happens with Tim Allen, which it took me several views to really get that this was what they're kind of making fun of. They're rolling the brilliant sphere back onto the ship. And there's plenty of time. And Tim Allen's just standing there looking out over his shoulders. Like, they're like, come on, get it. He goes, there's no time. <laughs> he's, he's so, he really does have to be the hero. Just go without me, guys. <laughs> Something bad happened here. <laughs> um, oh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that 
line so much because they spent all this time talking about how guy you're not going to be the why does it matter because I died in episode 81 <laughs> and two minutes later just get out of here before Lil C kills guy <laughs> uh, I need you to give us some type of signal I'll put my mouth like this and I'll go caca caca we have these, the communicator, and then Daryl Mitchell's response is, "I, I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't he meaning more things? Like you know, <laughs> I know. I mean, I'd love to see the Galaxy Quest TV show just to see him again. Um, yeah, seriously, I, I, you know, you don't put two and two together sometimes. And when you said the chemistry of this cast, you just take for granted how good everybody is in this movie. You don't even think about how good they are playing off of each other. Like when Tim Allen's doing the somersaults and, and everybody's just walking slowly behind him. Does the rolling help? And he's like, uh-huh. Like the way that Sigourney <laughs> Weaver and Tim Allen play off of each other. Can I just put this out there? Tim Allen has like unbelievable chemistry with every leading lady he's ever had. I mean, I'm not a fan. I know you're a bigger fan, but I'm not a fan of a rich or poor. His chemistry with Christy Alley's like through the roof. Mm-hmm. We His watched chemistry... that recently. We want, you should watch it again. It holds up. Maybe I will. Um, his chemistry, obviously, with his wife on Home Improvement, like, unbeatable. Um, with both his ex-wife and the, the Mrs. Claus and the Santa Claus, unbelievable. <laughs> um, Sigourney Weaver here. And it's not just that. I mean, I, I, I would struggle to think of a single Tim Allen movie where he doesn't have great chemistry with everybody. And I'm not saying, like, he's the reason this movie works. But for a guy who was never an actor in the first place, I mean, he was... Uh, a drug dealer <laughs> turned convict turned stand-up snitch. comedian yeah, <laughs> snitch turned stand-up comedian who was handed a tv show based on his own material he's a really good actor and he's probably never going to deliver an academy award worthy performance like olivia coleman had in the favorite but rob playing <laughs> close is rob sorry <laughs> but for what he does he is so good, and I, I really think people need to give Tim Allen more credit. Because, he, yeah, he's made some bad movies, but he's he can play off of anybody. And for a guy with no acting experience, that really says a lot. Um, Yeah, the, the, the Grignac fight that comes up, like, see, you had to get your shirt off, <laughs> great William Shatner type thing, or any of those captains, you know. Um, the, the, the one moment where Fred's panicky, <laughs> like, it gives him this big hero moment, which... Again, it is just a flat-out comedy, but it has some of these moments. You're like, oh, that's kind of a nice scene where he sees the, the girl Thermian and he suddenly zips up his thing and it's like, I'm going for it. <laughs> it just pulls the transporter. Also, you think just like how has this computer been programmed to only respond to Sigourney Weaver so it can't operate for the Thermians? They say, well, we've never successfully tested it. It was designed to work with your anatomy, right? <laughs> and it had to be him that did it. They've never tested anything on this ship. How do they know it even works? <laughs> I, I love the the um, Sheldon guy, as you said. It's like it turned the animal turned inside out and it exploded. <laughs> um, <laughs> I care who is it that said this. Um, oh yeah, because you have the Alan Rickman line where it's like, "What is this motivation?" And I think it's Sam Rockwell that kicks in there. Like, what you need to do is you need to form some kind of rudimentary lathe. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I wonder, like, seriously, how much of this is scripted, and if, like, so much of this just seems like it would be ad libbed. 
I mean, if it is scripted, these screenwriters deserve a better job than they have right now. Uh, <laughs> if it's ad-libbed, then give them all Oscars for the year 1999. <laughs> like, we already know we can go back and steal Kevin Spacey's Oscar for that year. Let's give it to Tim Allen. <laughs> Who wants Michael Caine won supporting actor that year? I love Michael Caine, but I'm okay. Take it back. Give it to Sam Rockwell. Who won Best <laughs> Actress in 1999? I don't care. Judy Dench? Was that the year before? Uh, no, I think Judy Dench was a few years after that. Oh, okay, I don't know. Well, leave Judy Dench alone. I'm just, I just wanted to remind everyone that Judy Dench is one of you. Know what? And because there's no supporting actress in the movie, let's just throw like Tony Shalhoub in there or something. You know, I mean, the the, the best, the best uh, racially insensitive uh, whitewashing <laughs> casting. Tony Shalhoub, Galaxy Quest. Like, let's and, give it awards for. Everything. And just because she was robbed, Glenn Close. Because and come Glenn on. Close. <laughs> I believe played Saris' second-in-command in Galaxy Quest, if I'm not wrong. Y- yes. Let's go with that. Let's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward moment. Moving on. <laughs> um, have Are you, you finished? Or- oh, it- <laughs> I don't know if you were still going with your stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I was too busy, distracted, forming some type of rudimentary lathe. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know if there was any air. Uh, it's an alien planet. You don't know. <laughs> air? You don't know. Um, all right. So uh, they're all up. They're all happy. Things are going great. But then we realize Saris has uh, taken over the ship and uh, um, Malthazar is the name of the guy. He's getting tortured. And mm-hmm. then this is where um, they admit that they're not really crew. And it's probably like saddest scene in the movie. And it's actually, again... Yeah. For a comedy and saying, you know, all this great stuff, like some of the deep stuff actually is, is well done as well because you really do feel sympathy uh, with the aliens sort of when Tim Allen and everyone is basically admitting like, hey, we're actors. Like, you know, um, we kind of lie, basically. We pretended we lied. And just even the way that um, Saris is kind of like, explain as you would a child. Like, just, you know, that line is the way... So Isn't it good. heartbreaking the way that, like, I, I, uh, on Rico or whatever, uh, Mr. Flashpoint, his delivery when he realizes it, that where he, he actually starts whispering, like, there's tears. But why? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I want to cry. Oh, that line, yeah. But why? Um, and then, you know, like, but even, like, you talk about Tim Allen. Um, yeah, he's probably never going to win an Oscar, but hashtag justice for Tim Allen. Give him an Oscar. Yeah. You know, ca- career Oscar for for Rich of a poor for Jungle to Jungle. Like, I mean, he deserves one. Um, but even here, like, when he's, like, trying to apologise, like, he has his dramatic moments, Tim Allen. He's not terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, he can deliver it. So, um, they... Then Saris is going to blow them all to death. He's going to lock... Uh, open up the oxygen tank and essentially uh, kill a whole bunch of them. Um, and then they... Tim Allen tries to stand up and fight them, but they then get walked away and locked in there and... Uh, is this where, oh yeah, Alan Rickman's like, where's the happy ending, Jason? And it's like, maybe it's the time to back off. And it's like, you're acting like you did in episode 17. You're yeah. scene-stealing hack. Um, and they basically get into a fight to distract the guards. Uh, and then they suck out the alien from the airlock. Um, and this Tony Shalhoub, says a line like, oh, sorry, the, the door gets a bit sticky there. Uh, she gets some WD-40 on that. Yeah. I'll have one of my boys up here with a can of WD-40. <laughs> one of my boys. 
Um, they see, so they've sort of escaped that section, but they see all the other aliens suffocating in that room. Um, and is it, what are they saying to Tommy? Like, go practice your driving or something like this. So they're, they're basically yeah. coming up. You need to practice your driving. Yeah. They're coming up with the plan here to, uh, to, to get everything, um, out. Um, what? Oh, so this is where he calls up Justin Long. Uh, on his little, how does he get the frequency? Like, the, I mean, I don't again, I don't want to nitpick this because I mean, really, this is maybe the least nitpicking we've ever done of a film on the Oz Not Network. I think we've said like three things, but like, well, how how can you tune in straight away? Like, wouldn't he be hearing all these other uh, connections already? I don't know. Well, uh, this this is getting very tech. This is me being comic book guy here, or, or the opposite <laughs> of comic book, not picking it apart, but figuring out how this could be real. Um, I remember when the Force Awakens came out. And uh, with the Millennium Falcon, when they were filming on that, you know, Harrison Ford would explain to them that when they made the original Star Wars, they just had all these dials and buttons and stuff like that. But in his head, he's like, this is the button I'm going to press when I do this. This is what I'm going to do when I do this. They didn't have Harrison Ford, which is why in the prequels, there's the button that does everything that they eventually make it do a joke. The button that does everything. I don't know if you know about that. No, I don't. But I'm going to learn in our there's, uh, Star Wars podcast coming soon on the Oz Network. <laughs> There's a button in uh, Attack of the Clones that um, they press when they're receiving the message from Obi-Wan. And then in the very same scene, Natalie Portman presses the exact same button to start the ship or something like that. And fans kind of made fun of it and said, uh, um, you know, oh, this is the button does everything. So George Lucas made a point in episode three to have that button do something completely different. The exact same button that did everything in episode two. But Harrison Ford in the original Star Wars decided this button right here is going to do this this die right here is going to do this and when you consider the thermians design they even say we designed the controls off of your movement we designed you know the the ship based off of how you move we designed everything based off of you that these actors may have you know used these fake communicators in a way so it would actually make sense if in defending the universe of Galaxy Quest or the Thermians, it would actually make sense that they would have designed how to tune into these communicators based on how you know uh, Tim Allen and Alan Rickman and everything used it, which would explain why he knows how to do that. Okay, I liked your explanation. Good job. <laughs> I okay. liked it. Even, I liked it even better because you mentioned Natalie Portman. So. Oh. Um... <laughs> And she's the reason we had that mistake in episode two. Let me just fill that in. She's the reason for a lot of things in my life. <laughs> Puberty. Um, <laughs> so that's a bit wrong, Ben. Move on. You've been behaved this episode. Uh, <laughs> so he, uh, call, Tim Allen calls up Justin Long, because again, they don't have character names. And I love kind of the mum who comes into the room when he's like trying to fix his, what's she like? And take sure you take out the garbage. <laughs> You know, come on, Brendan. Um, and that th- he's just totally like a geek sort of person would be like, Mom, I've got to fix this up. And then later on, we're going out to do this and we're doing that. Um, and then I love it when like Tim Allen's on the, the communicator thing to him and he's like, Oh, yes, uh, Jason, we met the other day. And he's all like, look, I just want to say to you that I know it's not real, but, you know, I believe this. And like, no, it's, it's, it's really real. I knew it. I knew it was real. <laughs> Um, Let's be honest. Like, if we met Mark Hamill, we would be that fan. It's like, you know, I know it isn't real. If Mark Hamill said to us, you know what, the Jedi are real, we'd be like, I knew it! Yes! 
vindicated. Here's, mm. here's your lightsaber. Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Sheldon with uh, Alan Rickman basically saying that he, what is he like, learnt the ways of doing this and they're going to fight and Alan Rickman, like, he's like, no, I'm going to be doing this. Use your stealth haze or whatever my note says here. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, Tim Allen needs to find out uh, I guess the schematics of the ship so that they can uh, go through and try to get to the Omega-13. And they're going through all the plans and uh, Justin's like, I'll get Kyle. Um, he's like, get everyone online. <laughs> um, it's just Skype in 1999. Everybody log on to MIRC. <laughs> it's time to help the crew of the Protector. <laughs> Mom, get off the phone! I need to use the internet! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, those were the days. Um, and I also love the fact that we get um, sort of in between this, just the random little scenes. We've got Tommy practicing driving, and then we've got, like, Sam Rockwell with a gun with Sigourney Weaver and Tony Shalhoub. Oh, he's not with, uh, sorry, Sigourney Weaver. He's just with the other woman. And Tony and the way he's, like, walking around the corridor, like, flipping from side to side. Yeah. like It's just like the somersault with the rally. <laughs> yeah. Just being all, like, commando and everything as they're trying to uh, get the people safe from the oxygen. Um, everyone's discussing the schematics of the ship. Uh, and I love how they're, like, they're watching the... Um, Tommy's watching the original when he's practising driving with his hands. Hell um, to the <laughs> Tim Allen and Scotty Weaver are going through all the uh, the different areas as they have been talked at. I love it when they're watching the episode and the really bad 80s special effects when they've got the, mm-hmm. go, down, go. And the chompers. The chompers are moving like like at turtle speed in the episode. <laughs> and again, maybe one of my favorite lines from the movie is the Corny Weaver. Like, what is this thing? What is the purpose of this giant? Like, it makes no logical sense. <laughs> it's like whoever the episode, episode was episode badly should... written. Yeah. And they say, whoever wrote this episode should die. <laughs> but like, that's like, again, this is why I love this movie. It's just that, that absolute reference. Because yes, if you watch an episode of Star Trek where they've got that in a ship, that does make no logical sense. Like when we get to like some of, you know, the Star Wars movies, like what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose of that? Just, you know? So I just love that line from her. Um, and, uh, Tony Shalhoub, meanwhile, gets the rock monster on the ship to kill all the, um, the people there. Is this, doesn't he say, like, it's the simple things in life that you treasure or something? Yeah. (laughs) And then he starts making out with the woman, uh, and then you see this, like, tentacle come up and just the look on Sam Rockwell's face, like, oh, come on. That's not right. That's not right. (laughs) Which I want to see that. I want to see what's happening there. <laughs> <laughs> you would. <laughs> um, and uh, so is this where they see the Omega-13 for the first time? Uh, yeah. Or have I skipped past that? They look up no, and they there. see it. Um, and they're all going on about like, oh, I wish I could see what you're seeing right now. It's amazing. Uh, meanwhile, Sheldon gets shot. Sheldon dies. It's a bit of a sad moment. Uh, his name's Quillick, by the way. Um, and, uh, yeah, Alan Rickman, sad little moment between them. Um, by gra- and then he, he drops his line. He's, you know, by grab stars, yeah. you will be avenged. Oh, nice little moment there. 
Um, but do you? I'll, I'll cap it here. We'll just we'll, we can talk about the mm. the closing bit pretty quickly. I think because rather than lump it all together, take a breath, Ben. Um, give me your <laughs> thoughts on what we're going on through here. Uh, just before I forget it, because I didn't make a note about it, where you mentioned like the where by Graptar's hammer you'll be avenged or whatever, and then when he has the fight scene with all the he goes in there and just storms in and starts beating up all these uh, guys on Sarah's crew. When they eventually come to stop him, he's like so out of control. His headpiece is half off his head, and they grab him, and he's like in a complete violent daze, and he's just doing karate chops in the air. <laughs> visual. Um, it really is this, like there's a, a lot of sad scenes like, and for a comedy I think this is why calling it a parody even though it is a parody I don't like because to me a parody is uh, you know like what the naked gun is to cop movies uh, or scary movie is to horror movies like a, a parody is complete farce making fun of it whereas Galaxy Quest is parodying Star Trek but it's just a straight comedy like this is they, they presented this movie as if if this were a real world thing, we're going to take the movie seriously. So you do get these scenes that we're not saying it's, you know, up there with the sadness in, uh, I don't know, something like the favorite. Um, <laughs> there was sadness in that sadness. And I had to watch any of it. <laughs> uh, or the sadness of having to sit through Bohemian Rhapsody, win a couple oh. of Oscars, but um, four Oscars, the most of any. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, are happy with how this year's Oscars turned out, especially with Best Picture. Uh, but, uh, I am. But can I'm you tell we recorded this right after Oscar? Yeah, can you tell we recorded this right after Oscar month? No, Anyways, not at all. But- We've just been living with this for a month. <laughs> but there are scenes here, though, that like the scene where Quillick dies, where because Alan Rickman is the one doing it, you're like, well, that's kind of a powerful scene, you know, because even though he he's never been mean to Sheldon Quillick here. Uh, he still did cut him off. It's like, don't say the line, right? So for him to finally say it after spending the whole movie, he didn't want to say it. Like, only Alan Rickman's going to pull off the emotion in that. And I think that's why I really say that Tim Allen deserves more credit as an actor because, yeah, the way that uh, Mathazar is like, but why? You know, like, all, all sad and almost crying. But I see the ship. There are many rooms. <laughs> it's like, you've seen a model that's this big. And then, uh, you know... Um, He's saying, like, I'm so sorry, Mathisar. Like, it's it's actually a very touching scene for this type of movie. Um, the, the the fight scene that they have, like, uh, right after they do it, because they're finally on board where he calls him, like, the fin-headed monstrosity, and then he calls him a scene-stealing hack. They give them a little fake fight to uh, to uh, fight off the Saris's guards or whatever. And then they still go back to bickering after that. It's like... You still pull your punches, or you don't. Uh, you still don't know how to pull your punches, Jason. And then he's like a scene stealing hack, and they're still bickering. These two, like it just nails exactly what you would think that like Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner are like. It's like your friends, you know, you know each other inside out, but you probably still bicker on a daily basis. Um, yeah, the Justin Long sequence is great too when they're going through the ship. Uh, the flamethrowers at the end of the the things that are chomping up and down. Sigourney Weaver, best stuff she has in the whole movie here. It's like, because she doesn't drop it. It's not just like, what's this? Like, what is this thing even doing here? Because they had it in the show. It's like, no, I am not accepting that. <laughs> it's like, why was it in the show? Whoever wrote this episode should die. Like, it, she goes on and on. Um, we have we're, we're gonna get after this to the part where they find the 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 button to stop the ship right we're not getting there yet yeah no we haven't gotten quite there yet okay yep. 
Because there's a trivia bit on that that also comes from the deleted scenes, which um, uh, you're, I don't know if you're aware of it or not. But yeah, then just seeing the Omega-13, because the Omega-13, you know, it's been mentioned all this time. And they make it a good plot device in this movie where you're curious what it was. And then Justin Long gives the first thing. Some people believe, you know, something will destroy all matter in the universe in 13 seconds. But others like myself believe that it actually gives you a 13 second time jump. When Tim Allen activates it, at any point was he thinking I may destroy the entire universe and not just all these people in this this thing? That's coming up later on. But, you know, he takes yeah, a big shot. Coin toss, you know, you gotta got to risk it yeah. to get the biscuit. But then this Sam, Sam Rockwell, again, like anytime Sam Rockwell's on screen, I will say he deserves an Oscar. You're saying when he has that massive gun and he's rounding the corners. But when they're saying, I don't know how we're going to fight off all these guards, and Sam Rockwell's like, I'll do it. And it's like, uh, uh, I'm expecting, he keeps changing the position of his pose with a gun. And he's like, besides, I got this. And he throws the gun up in the air to pose again. And it he starts falling backwards with the weight of the gun. <laughs> and then... Um, the the way that uh, you know he says uh, you know I- I'm expendable I'm just uh, crewman number six I'm gonna die anyways and Tony Shalhoub goes maybe you're the plucky comic relief <laughs> plucky <laughs> he gets all excited <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah I love the the love story they have with Tony Shalhoub and the one with the broken translator and uh, at first it's like all right yeah get a room guys and then it's like oh oh that's not right that's not right. <laughs> we could just quote these lines when this episode over we could give ourselves another hour of just going back and quoting all of sam rockwell's lines like he nails every single line in this movie he's he's just a genius well i think thinking about this oscar thing to just give it more weight like <laughs> we're still going this is real like we are making a real pitch here he was robbed no well let, let's let's i want to do a comparison here to mm-hmm. two movies where people got nominated for roles which i would say sam rockwell did better Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder and Melissa yeah. McCarthy in Bridesmaids. Uh, you yeah. know, two very comedic roles that you would assume wouldn't get nominated, but they did. Um, you know, deserving roles. I think both did very well in their respective films, but I think that, you know, Sam Rockwell does it better. So I yeah. think that, I mean, we talked about this during our Oscars month. It's kind of Sam Rockwell's in that, you know, phase now where he's just getting nominated for everything. So had this movie been released in 2019 instead of 2000, uh, 1999, probably would have got nominated and rightfully so. So, but you yeah. know what? If Glenn Close had played the Scorny Weaver role, she would have <laughs> oh, lost. Too soon. I'm just still not <laughs> over it. Like, what a load of shit. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. That is like the worst. That is worse than, I don't know what it's worse than, but it's worse than anything. It's worse than Dirty Dancing having won an Oscar, even though the song was okay. But like, like Dirty Dancing has won more Academy Awards than Glenn Close. Kobe Bryant has won more Academy Awards than Glenn Close. Fucking Al Gore has won more Oscars than Glenn Close. Like, it's bullshit. Rami Malek has. This is disgusting. Well, I like Rami Malek, but, like, it's it's bullshit. (laughs) Are you going to like Rami Malek if he's the Bond villain? Oh, yeah. I won't have a problem with with him in anything other than Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just just clarifying if he was, like, the male Natalie Portman or something. Uh, (laughs) What if Natalie Portman was the Bond villain? Then no, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down to quit Bond. Yeah. <laughs> With Shailene Woodley as the Bond girl. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I don't know if we'll cover this here, but I, I, I know I'll forget it if we didn't. Uh, when they finally come in and, or they saved everybody and Alan Rickman and Quillick get the door open before Quillick dies. 
and all the Thermians are like, Alan Rickman's got his arms spread out like, oh, you're welcome. It's like, he has saved us. Commander Taggart has <laughs> saved us. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, just, I just want to point out that I'm Alan Rickman. And, uh, no, sorry, I'll rephrase that. The Oz Network is Alan Rickman or Survivor Oz. And then everything else is Rob has a podcast. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. Brian Heideck, <laughs> Rob has a podcast, has gotten Brian Heideck. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Nobody in the history of podcasts has done such a thing. Uh, so uh, basically, we're at the end now. The final, uh, the stretch of the movie. Um, they've found um, uh, the button here, ready to stop it, basically from uh, exploding the ship. And uh, we've got 20 seconds to go on the clock. They're trying to speak to Justin Long, and uh, he's gone missing because he has to take the garbage out. (laughs) I do kind of like that. Um, And they're they're basically trying to um, get ready to uh, press this button, and they press it, um, and nothing happens. And then, of course, it stops on one second, and it's like... (laughs) Oh, wait, that always happened in the show. That makes sense. <laughs> um, and this is, yeah, when uh, they're obviously uh, talking a little bit about the Omega-13. Oh, no, that was beforehand, wasn't it? I've jumped ahead there. Um, do, 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 do. Where am I up to here? Uh, they're all on the uh, bridge of the ship now. Um, they're going into the, uh, the minefield basically to try and escape from Saris's ship. And now we're seeing Tommy, he's been able to, um, practice his flying and, um, it all leads them into, uh, spinning around because all the mines have, I guess, been, because they're magnetic and they're all in their wake and they fly straight towards Saris's ship and blow up the ship with all these mines. So, uh, maybe that's what Han Solo should have done on, um, Empire Strikes Back with the asteroids. Do you think that would have... Worked? No. If yep. they were magnetic, it may have. <laughs> Aren't all asteroids magnetic? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the ship blows up. They That's all done. They think they're uh, ready to go. Um, and they're ready to go through a black hole. And um, is it Tony Shalhoub who is basically like, oh, I noticed there was a bit of a transmission from the, uh, the ship that had come through beforehand. Uh, Sam Rockwell, yeah. Well, Sam Rockwell. And just as they're about to go through the black hole, we see Tony, because Tony Shelley walks in, doesn't he? And then he mm-hmm. basically shoots, uh, he kills Guy, everyone. doesn't he? He kills, kills everyone, um, because he's, uh, it's really Saris. He's, uh, merged into, uh, Tony Shelley. So this is where Tim Allen's like, activate the Omega 13! And Let's going back kill to, everyone else with us! Back to that point of, yes, we don't know what it does. It's a time loop of 13 seconds. It could destroy the universe. But, uh, yes. And, of course, this does uh, take them back in time. 13 seconds. Uh, and enough time for uh, Tim Allen, basically, to uh, punch the shit out of Tony Shalhoub. And everyone's like, what are you doing? Um, and then we realise it is uh, it is Saris and... Uh, They've saved the day, so yay. Well, it's nearly over. Now they're crashing towards Earth, and there's another fan convention for... This Galaxy Quest fan convention goes on forever. Um, and they... Why was Justin Long not there? He, exactly. Why is he... Because he's only got $20 allowance for the week or something like that? Um, so they're there basically getting ready to uh, land the ship outside of this uh, convention, 
And uh, we've got a different host because Sam Rockwell's not there to host them on stage this time. <laughs> so it's random host number 81. Oh, he's and, not random. Oh, is this the office guy or is this a different guy? No, 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 no. He was one of the Thermians earlier on. This is, um, have you ever heard of the kids in the hall? No. It was um like Canada's Monty Python in the 90s. It was uh like Dave Foley, who was in Blast from the Past and News Radio and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, I remember you talking about that, yeah. Yeah, all of these these five guys had this, you know, um, comedy group called The Kids in the Hall, and they had their own TV show, which Lauren Michaels produced. So, you know, it actually got aired outside of Canada as well. It was very popular uh, during the 90s, even outside of Canada. Uh, but this is Kevin McDonald, who's one of The Kids in the Hall. So another iconic Canadian actor here. A hidden Canadian movie, Galaxy Quest. Um, yeah. One thing, one scene that I forgot that I love is like when Justin Long's like about to run out. It's like, where are you going? It's like, oh, we've got to get the captain's called me on this thing. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it's like, be home by seven. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's Russia's outside. Like, he's like, yeah, true, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, this I love how this ship just crashes through all these cars in the car park and destroys this like thing. <laughs> and then basically they're just like, yeah, here's the commander. <laughs> Uh, there's so many people getting sued for this. Um, and uh, they all introduce him on the stage. And I like it when um, Sam Rockwell comes out and it's like, and another crew member! <laughs> it's another crew member! Um, and they're all on stage. And, of course, Saris is alive and he starts to attack them. But then they roll and kill him. And they all think it's part of the show and everyone cheers. Um, and it's all done and great. And they sort of salute Justin Long and everyone like, thank you very much for helping us. And, um, this is when we find out in typical 2019 fashion, uh, that there's a reboot of Galaxy Quest, uh, that they've redone the show. And, um, I love how you've got Jane Doe as Layla and introducing Guy Fligman. Uh, <laughs> Chief Security Officer Rock Ingersoll. <laughs> uh, and this is the, uh, the end, which, I mean, the one nitpick, does this make the news? Like, spaceship crashes at forum. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's maybe that, but, uh, yeah, um, that's a, that's a good way. Like, I'm I'm wondering if they did think that they were going to get a sequel out of this because it kind of does set it up where you it's open ended. You can have a sequel, or in the case that mm. we haven't had one at least twenty years into this. So, um, yeah. And I also I'm just watching here too. I notice uh, that Tony Shalhoub kind of does the squinty eye thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fred quite has texted us and he kind of kisses her, and I'm watching it, and he squints his eyes. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. Um, yeah, so when they get to the shutdown button, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but before they enter the room, Sigourney Weaver's uniform is zipped up all the way. Uh, once they get into the room and up to the button, like seconds later, her zipper is halfway down her chest and her boobs <laughs> are basically falling out. Um, there's a deleted scene where they come across one of Saris's guards and she unzips it to seduce the guard uh, so that they can get past him. And that shot was actually included in the trailer uh, when they're running through the cast and they mention Sigourney Weaver. It's a shot of her pulling her boobs out to seduce an alien. Uh, so that's like the one deleted scene that causes a bit of a um, continuity error in the movie. Um, but I don't know if you were watching Sigourney Weaver's breasts that closely or not. Um, 
Not yeah. that. I mean, she, she's, I'm not saying she's not attractive, but I doesn't, you know, she's no Glenn Close. <laughs> Who was robbed of an Oscar! I, I burst out laughing as if that was the greatest joke ever, and then Ben Silence so, sold. <laughs> it's like, I was being serious. <laughs> you know when you're, like, attracted to people when you shouldn't be because they're not, like, attractive, but you're just attracted to yeah. them because they're amazing? Kind of why yeah. Mallory's with me. Um, <laughs> you know. It's That's, like that um, with Glenn Close. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Uh, that is not Glenn Close for me. Uh, anyway, Judy Dench maybe, but not oh, well, Glenn come Close. On. We've gone over this. Judy Dench had long hair. I'm in. Put a wig on her. She'll Put a wig right. on her. Download 007 <laughs> via iTunes. Um, what else do we have? Yeah, I love the, the Thermian Rebellion where they just get all violent too. And I think that's the scene where Dr. Lazarus is karate chopping the air. <laughs> uh yeah the minefield thing was cool to come back to and uh tim allen um tim here's another thing that he does in the movie uh i remember reading an or not reading but seeing an interview on tv when the movie came out and uh it might have been like on the tonight show or something like that and he was being asked like you know what what type of research do you do to play basically william shatner and he was saying that he watched a lot of Star Trek, like both William Shatner and uh, Patrick Stewart on their different shows. And he's like, there's something that they would do when they would sit in their chair. They would sit in their chair, but then they would sort of turn sideways a bit and have one arm heroically posing forward. And if you see Tim Allen do this, you're going to – it's one of those little things where you're like, oh, yeah, I never thought about it until the movie does this. But it's like – you always see stuff like that. So just the way he sits in his chair, again, more credit for Tim Allen. He he, he sits well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, he's a good, the, the Oscar for best seating in a movie. Best, goes, yeah, best chair posing goes to <laughs> Tim Allen. And Glenn Close is like, oh, nuts. <laughs> Lost again. <laughs> uh, Sandra Bullock I, I love- has won more Oscars than Glenn Close. <laughs> Jennifer Hudson, who was on fucking American <laughs> Idol, has won more Oscars than Glenn Close. I'm never letting this go. Um, Let it go. Won more Oscars than Glenn Close. <coughs> but you know somebody who has won more Oscars who deserved it? Sam Rockwell. True. Very true. Yes. There we yes. go. Deserve we can agree on one. Um, also, Mathazar, when he comes in after they finally made the escape, Mathazar comes in with his crutch and his leg brace or whatever, and he's like, ah, 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 your ship was as big as this. Ah, ah, a very clever inception indeed. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they have another one of those nice moments in the movie where uh, they're like, all right, it's time to drop us off at Earth. It's like, we were hoping you'd stay on as our commander. It's like, no, I think they already have a great commander, Mathazar. And you realize Mathazar is taking over. Uh, yeah, if they go through the black hole, the whole Fred thing with the gun is great, especially the second time after the Omega-13 gets activated, because everybody's reaction, <clears throat> it's not like a big dramatic moment. Tim Allen just lunges out of his chair and punches Tony Shalhoub in the face, and everybody's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he's just completely <laughs> lost it. Uh, also, interesting, when Ceres comes on before they activate the Omega-13 uh, and Ceres is shooting everybody, uh, I had to read this in the trivia before I even realized uh, that they had done this. But the only person who does not get shot of the crew in that scene is Sam Rockwell. 
because they mm. wanted that to be a joke that the guy who is the expendable crewman who dives five minutes in would be the only one that would actually survive Saris's attack if that actually did play out without the Omega-13. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, Justin Long, like, so many great moments here, like, with the, the having to take the garbage out. Uh, Mother, you do not understand the severity of this! <laughs> and then when he's going through his whole thing um, about... Uh, uh, it's like, where are you going with all those uh, fireworks or whatever? It's like, well, the protector came out of uh, the black hole going to Mark 15, which, as you guys know, is pretty unstable. It's <laughs> 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 like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I know tons of people like that. I've probably been a person like that, too, at some point. I think we know a lot of our parents, um, well, our parents and other parents. Like, my yeah. parents are definitely like that when I'm, no, oh, mom, you should do it. Okay, yep. <laughs> But you know, parsecs is actually a measure of distance and not a speed. And most people don't realize that. It's like, well, at least he's outside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were never outside, though, were we? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love that you brought that up. Because it's one of those background moments that you don't catch. Maybe the first time you say, it's another shipmate. And <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I guess all these people just think it's a special effects show, which is why they don't explain anything about the spaceship until I guess whoever owns this convention center is going to be cleaning it up <laughs> and then they're getting an insurance bill for it. So at some point um, I- I'm kind of um, excited by this whole galaxy quest journey continues thing, uh, because if there is any name better than Guy Flagman, it is security chief rock Ingersoll. <laughs> like I wish I were named, Security Chief Rock Ingersoll. In fact, going forward, I want to be referred to as Rock Ingersoll. Just to do it. Let's start the next episode with, we're here to talk about the notebook. My name is Rock Ingersoll, and insert line here. Like, what an epic name. Uh, and, of course, as they have all their opening poses, like you say, and Chen does his whole squinty eye thing, uh, Sam Rockwell walks in, and he kind of gives, like, a wink and a nod, and that, like, the finger flip is like, he's looking at you, kid. <laughs> He doesn't even have to speak, and he deserves an Oscar. He's so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the whole Galaxy Quest journey continues thing that they end the the movie on is it's a cool little thing. But you mentioned about the sequel, and I guess before we even go into any of the other things, we should talk about that because obviously the TV show is what's still looking like it's happening now. But there was talk for years after this came out about when is Galaxy Quest 2 happening? When is Galaxy Quest 2 happening? And Tim Allen would even say like in interviews, like he gets asked all the time about Galaxy Quest 2. He gets asked about that more than he would about when is a Santa Claus at this time 3 going to come out? Or are you ever going to bring back Home Improvement? And, you know, arguably up there with like Toy Story, like Galaxy Quest just took on that status where everybody wanted a sequel. And they were working on it for a while, which eventually did evolve into the TV show, which, you know, uh, do you know much about the TV show? And I, uh, look, I'm reading the last I had heard uh, about anything following it on is that I had read that there was a sequel in the works, uh, mm. but when Alan Rickman died, I had heard that it was basically everything was like, okay, no, we're no longer doing anything. So I have not heard anything else since that. Okay, so um, yeah, they did halt plans for the tv show after alan rickman's death but then came back and said we're doing it and like tim like i said tim allen sigourney weaver like everybody said we're doing this show um they actually have a guy who's written all the scripts right away and as i mentioned in our oscar month uh, a great podcast called unspooled uh the, the host of that podcast who's actually a comedian and actor his name's paul Shear. 
Uh, he, I know him most. He was on a TV show called Fresh Off the Boat, which is a um, uh, uh, like a sitcom. I don't know if you have it over there. Uh, but he also hosts another podcast, which is huge, which is probably my favorite podcast. I'll endorse it over the Oz Network. I've mentioned it before. It's called How Did This Get Made? They basically do exactly what we're doing here, but in front of a live audience. So people laugh at them and their jokes because they're funny and they can draw a crowd. Um, oh, I so wish Paul we could draw Shear, a crowd. <laughs> Paul Shear has already written the entire first season of the Galaxy Quest TV show. And they've got Amazon, I guess Amazon Prime is where it's going to be, like the Amazon version of Netflix, which is getting quite big. And yeah, like the show's ready to go. It's just, you know, whenever they get the go-ahead, everybody's signed on, everybody's available, they're going to do it. Like the scripts are there. They've got, you know, the studio to back it. They've got the the uh, app to air it. It's... It, we're just going to reach a point like a year or two from now where it's finally going to be Galaxy Quest TV show is happening. Hmm. That's exciting. I, I'm looking forward to that. Although it's obviously sad Alan Rickman's no longer with us, but mm. we can't bring back dead people yet. So one day we might be able to. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm joking about that, Ben. <laughs> you said me. that with such sincerity. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm just reading quickly here about the crew and casting with this one before we get to some other things. And it's actually really interesting uh, looking at the people who were involved or nearly involved in this. So Harold Ramis from Ghostbusters fame, of course, yeah. was originally meant to be on it, but then uh, not on it. He wanted Alec Baldwin to be the lead in this movie. Baldwin turned it down, and then Steve Martin and Kevin Klein were being considered. Ramis did not want Tim Allen involved, but then later said, like, oh, I'm glad that he did. Um, and then you look at uh, the other casting here... Um, that Sam, uh, that Tim Allen and Sam Rockwell both almost dropped out of the film because Tim Allen had to choose between this and Bicentennial Man, uh, which obviously went to Robin Williams. I actually don't mind that movie. I always get that confused with AI, but then I realised Bicentennial Man is a lot better. It's been a long time since I've seen it, though. Um, uh, and then Sam Rockwell, and I'm reading this from Wikipedia, almost backed out of the film after obtaining a role in an independent film. Kevin Spacey convinced him otherwise. <laughs> How he convinced him, it doesn't say. But <laughs> we can speculate. We don't want to, but allegedly, allegedly. Um, yeah. But uh, yes, and apparently Paul Rudd auditioned for a role in oh. this movie. Jennifer Coolidge was apparently nearly in this movie as well. Um, and Justin Long auditioned alongside people like Kieran Culkin. Who I'm guessing is Macaulay's brother, perhaps. Yeah. Um, Eddie K. Thomas and Tom Everett Scott were uh, also in the line for it. Um, but yeah, Paul Rudd that would have been added to it as well. So you know what? Like, okay, you mentioned three names there. Like Alec Baldwin, I could see that. Kevin Klein, I could see it. Who was the third one? Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah, I don't know if I could see that. I love Steve Martin, but I don't know if I could see him in this role. But. One other interesting thing that I don't know if you're aware of, but Harold Ramis was attached to direct. He dropped out of the movie simply because the studio said, we're going with Tim Allen. And he said, I'm not making this. Like it, Harold Ramis left because of Tim Allen's casting. And then wow. afterwards, not was complimentary about it, but actually said, like, I was so wrong on that. Like, well, it was a huge mistake. Tim Allen was born for that movie. Yeah, it's kind of one of those ones that... You know, like, yeah, you could see Alec Baldwin, but I just don't know if he would do it the same as Tim Allen. Like, Alec no. Baldwin... But, I mean, like, he, mm. the comedy aspect, I don't... I think Kevin Klein totally would have gotten the comedy. He would have been just as good. Alec Baldwin, it would have been a different type of performance. But I just mean, I can see him as that, you know, 
aging actor starship captain. Like it would have been fun to see interpretation that Alec Baldwin would have done on a William Shatner like character. Yeah, yeah. And once again we somehow managed to get Alec Baldwin involved involved in somehow <laughs> in one of our podcasts. <laughs> Alec Baldwin person. here. Yeah, the only person we cover more than Tim Allen. <laughs> it's Alec Baldwin. Um you mentioned about uh the Star Trek uh I guess um Did you call it Star Trek? Track Trek. I don't know. Trek. <laughs> Track, Trek, Star, not Wars. Um, so it was, I've, I saw a second ago, so it was listed as like number seven or something on one of the best yeah. uh, Star Trek films. Uh, according they made to... like this uh, poll, I guess. I don't remember before which Star Trek movie it was that came out. Uh, they put up this poll, and this was for Star Trek fans, and they included Galaxy Quest, and Galaxy Quest got voted higher than half of the Star Trek movies. Isn't it like every second Star Trek movie though is bad or something like that? Or mm-hmm. yeah, they, they have that even and odd thing. And then on top of that, I mean, so many, like I mentioned, so many of the crew members will say, or the the cast members of Star Trek will even say, Galaxy Quest nailed it. Like not just nailed it, but it is the greatest Star Trek movie ever made. Uh, I remember, um, uh, I think it was either the first or second of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. Uh, listening to the commentary, whichever one Damon Lindelof was actually uh, involved as a writer on. And Damon Lindelof did uh, a commentary um, because of the, that Star Trek movie came came out. He did commentaries on some of the old movies, just as like a fan commentary. And in one of the old Star Trek movie commentaries, he says Galaxy Quest was the greatest Star Trek movie ever made. And this was <laughs> at a time when he was writing a Star Trek movie and brought on as a guest commentator for DVDs of the old movies. And he still picked Galaxy Quest. Just as I'm sure he's gone and done commentary on Survivor DVDs saying how Survivor is the best lost version. that no, I'm sure he has. The new lost that everything comes out after lost. Um, it was included in the Reader's Digest list of top 100 funniest movies of all time in 2012. Uh, so that's kind of the reception it's gone on to have. Uh, it has 90% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, an average rating of 7.2 out of 10. The uh, consensus says intelligent and humorous satire with an excellent cast. No previous Trekkie knowledge needed to enjoy this one. Uh, and on Metacritic, 70 out of 100 its score at the moment. I guess kind of going back to what you're saying about how the parody sort of thing. And I see what you mean, like how, like, you know, lethal, uh, you know, scary movie and that sort of you know, direct parodies. And then we had those like rubbish ones in the 2000s, like epic movie and disaster yeah. movie. And But um, I guess this is kind of like what Austin Powers was to the James Bond movies. Um, mm-hmm. Well, at least the first two. The third one's got its moments. Um, you don't like the second or third one, do you? You only like the first no. one, right? Yeah, but I get what you mean, though. It's it's a parody with reverence. Mm. And they create their own sort of world. So much so that uh, Spectre ended up uh, ripping off Austin Powers. So, you know, <laughs> it it comes full circle. I'm sure Star Trek has uh, ripped off Galaxy Quest since. Um, Roger Ebert said uh, he praised the ability of the film to spoof the logic of the TV show. Uh, the New York Times' Lawrence Van Gelder called it an Amu- am- amiable comedy. I can't read this simultaneously. I, these are big words that are in dictionaries. That simultaneously manages to spoof these popular futuristic space adventures and replicate very elements that have made them so durable. And the Village Voice offered a lukewarm review, noting that the many eight to eleven year olds in the audience seemed completely enthralled. Well, the Village Voice, you're a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> you are a dickhead. You are a dickhead. That's that simple. <laughs> um, before I get to the box, I mean, it, did, it won awards, Galaxy Quest. Uh, it won the Silver Scream Award 
at the Amsterdam Fantastic Film Festival in 2000. That's a prestigious award. Uh, the Brussels International Festival of Fantastic Film. What is it with European countries having fantastic film in their, you know, <laughs> welcome to the Fantastic Academy Awards. Still not won by Glenn Close. Um, it won the Silver Raven for Best Screenplay, the Pegasus Audience Award. Uh, the Ho Chi Film Awards, it won Best Foreign Language Film. The Hugo Awards, uh, I guess the Lock or the Jack Awards weren't as important. It won Best Dramatic Presentation. And Tim Allen won the Saturn Award for Best Actor. Uh, yes. For this. Is that the biggest award Tim Allen's ever won? Did he win a Golden Globe or Emmy for... Uh, I, I know he never won an Emmy because they even made it a joke on, I think, the final season of Home Improvement. But uh, he may have won a Golden Globe. Yeah, but no one cares about Golden People's Globe. Choice Award, maybe? Oh, you know, I've won one of them. Like, come on. Can I, can <laughs> I just bring up one of my favorite? And this is coming from, like, Tim Allen's most diehard fan. Like, the the, the, the boy who was raised by Tim Allen. That's me. Um, one of my favorite Tim Allen jokes is um, the Academy. Not the Academy Awards. I think it was the Golden Globes when Ricky Gervais was hosting and uh, the presenters were Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. And uh, he's bringing us like uh, our next two presenters. It's like uh, one is uh, one of the most famous and beloved movie and television stars of all time. The other is Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one actually. <laughs> Who was the other actor with him? Tom Hanks. Cause it was, oh, Tom Hanks. right, right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, there's a there's a bit here on Wikipedia about sort of reaction from Star Trek actors. Uh, so Patrick Stewart um, said he initially didn't want to see it. Then he did go and see it, and he found it brilliant. No one laughed louder or longer in the cinema than I did. There's, a, there's an image. Imagine being in the movies, and all of a sudden you hear this laughter like, ha, 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 ha. You turn around, it's Patrick Stewart. Fuck, it's Patrick Stewart. <laughs> You know, um, I have to throw this in here, too, because we're talking about Ricky Gervais and Patrick Stewart. Uh, did you ever watch Ricky Gervais's show Extras? Uh, I really want to. I, I've seen clips, and it's been one. It's on my oh. bucket list to watch all of it, but yeah. I think it's the first episode, uh, Patrick Stewart's the guest because the concept of the show is that he's just an extra, and you'll have, like, a different celebrity cameo every week. And Patrick Stewart's on there playing – it perfectly fits in with Galaxy Quest. He's playing himself, and – Ricky Gervais is meeting him for the first time, and Patrick Stewart keeps delivering these Star Trek lines, assuming it's like, uh, he's like, make it so. And Ricky Gervais is like, okay. And he goes, you have seen Star Trek, right? And Ricky Gervais is like, no. It's like, wait, you've never seen any episode of Star Trek? No, no, I'm sorry. It's like, hold on. You're 40 years old. Yeah. You live alone. Yeah. No girlfriend. Yeah. And you've never seen Star Trek. He goes, Yeah. Dear Lord, <laughs> he <just> freaks out. <laughs> um, there's a Cassie Biggs, Damar, and Deep Space Nine. Yes, I have seen Galaxy Quest, and no, it's not really like that. That is her quote. Um, well, yeah, it's said, not really aliens coming down to abduct you. Is that what she means? I, who, I don't know who she is. Yes, sure. Uh, William Shatner. I thought it was funny, uh, very funny, and I thought the audience that they portrayed was totally real, but the actors that they were pretending to be were totally unrecognisable. Certainly, I don't know what <laughs> Tim Allen was doing. He seemed to be the head of the group of actors, and for the life of me, I was trying to understand who he was imitating. The only one I recognised was a girl playing Nichelle Nicholas. <laughs> With William um, Shatner, you don't know, that could be a joke or it could be real. <laughs> And then Will Wheaton, uh, I love Galaxy Quest. I thought it was brilliant Saturday, not only of Trek, but of fandom in general. The only thing I wish 
they had done was cast me in it and have me play a freaky fanboy who keeps screaming at the actor who played the kid about how awful it was in there. Uh, yeah, of course, Will Wheaton had to make it about him, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like Will Wheaton, but, you know. <laughs> it's always about you, Will. It's all um, about you. <laughs> the box office, so, um, I mean, it wasn't a huge, huge hit, but it didn't exactly fail either. Uh, 71 million domestically on a budget of 45 million, uh, 19 million foreign, so it only made 90 million worldwide. But I mean, you know, 1999 is pretty respectable, I guess. It's not terrible. Yeah, because I remember, again, being so excited about this movie, and I've always sort of followed box office. Um, uh, there was a point where I probably could have, like, when I was growing up, I, I was, the way some kids would be like, you know, this player scored this many goals on this team. I could quote you. It's like, this movie opened number three at the box office, $8.5 million. <laughs> and that's really why it took Colin a long time to find a wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember this being so excited for this coming. Again, it opened at Christmas. There's like a million movies that open at Christmas. And I was so disappointed that like barely opened the top. It was like eighth place. And then week after week after week, it was like Galaxy Quest, 8th place again. Galaxy Quest, 7th place. I don't think it ever cracked $10 million on any weekend, but it would not go away. And it ended up staying in the top 10 longer than so many other like the massive movies that came out at that time. So the fact that it made $80 million for this low-budget comedy that barely opened. I mean, you're looking at a movie that made 10 times its opening weekend. Can you imagine for... Even if a movie nowadays opens with only twenty million dollars and somehow goes on to make two hundred million, that's kind of what it's like. Well, I'm just looking at the opening weekend, and this is absolutely like it would have been a good weekend to go to the movies. A lot of really good films out at this point. Mm-hmm. So it was number seven. It opened on the same weekend as Man on the Moon, uh, The Talented Mr. Ripley, and Any Given Sunday, as well as Girl Interrupted, Angela's Ashes. Uh, Snow Falling on Cedars, Titus, and Play It to the Bone, which made $3,000 apparently that weekend. I also but, um, saw Play It to the Bone in theaters. <laughs> so you were one of the ones that made it make $3,000. Yeah. <laughs> um, other movies in the top 10 that were still out, so Stuart Little was in its second week, Toy Story 2 was in its sixth week, The Green Mile in its third week, Bicentennial Man, which uh, just incidentally, Galaxy Quest made more money in it, so Tim Allen made the right choice there. That was in its second week. Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo in its third week, and Anna and the King in tenth. But The World Is Enough was in its sixth week. Uh, American Beauty was in its 15th week at that point. Uh, other movies at the mo- at the cinema that weekend, there was The Sixth Sense was still out there at the moment. Um, Star Wars Episode One was in its 28th week. Um, so that's the movie that bombed right 28 weeks in theaters i know still making 114,000 in its 28th week um and yearly box office uh this movie ended up at number 30 yes it did uh which was just behind deep blue sea a movie that we uh will cover one day uh just above the thomas crown affair um, and also, uh, the few movies that were just under a hundred thousand dollar mark, Inspector Gadget, oh, guilty pleasure, um, yeah. <laughs> Entrapment, uh, Pokemon, the first movie, uh, Payback, so, uh, a few ones there, so, um, I mean, again, not, the, not the biggest box office hit of all time, but not terrible either. I mean, for the expectations, especially a movie that didn't open well, I think that's what really was a testament, like just word of mouth and everything and how it how it was able to catch on. And then obviously there's never really been a year that's passed where it's um, it hasn't really grown. You said it was, what, 30th overall for the year? 
Yep. So in comparison, that would be like the Mule, the Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, but Equalizer Two, Equalizer Two was a pretty big hit this past year, and that puts it around the same place. Rampage with The Rock. Uh, so yeah, about uh, moderate hit. Uh, probably would have made over a hundred million dollars if it was released today. Still, I, I think. It, I mean, it's definitely one of those movies that, is, as we said at the very beginning, is just over time people have appreciated yeah. it so much more. Um, so there is that. Um, just on the uh, keywords, actually, it's really weird. I clicked on the news section on um, Galaxy Quest and to see if there was, like, something to do with the TV show. But one of the headlines under news, Sigourney Weaver beats Glenn Close for AFI Life Achievement Award (laughs) poll results from October (laughs) in 2018. She can't catch a break, Glenn Close! (laughs) Glenn Close is going to be awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award of the Oscars one year, and then they're going to take it back, like, five minutes beforehand (laughs) and give it to Olivia Coleman. She's like, finally, I'm going to win an Oscar. Oh, no, wait, we've changed our minds. Kevin Spacey's in again. Kevin, over to you. <laughs> he was innocent this whole time. Sorry, folks. Whoops, here's your Oscar. Um, keywords. Sexy woman. Shape-shifting. <laughs> time bomb. Fan the person. Uh, Fan oh, the person? I don't what know that what that mean? is. <laughs> Fan the person. What is other movie is there? Is there more than one? <laughs> Um, Mother is number one Followed by Juliet Naked The Artist Girls Trip And Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters uh, There's a guilty pleasure of mine uh, That was on TV randomly one night And I didn't even realise that this, they'd made it into a movie It was just on I'm like what is this movie I've never heard of this before Even Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters Yeah I didn't even well, know it was a thing Tomka Jansen is the villain You'd love it I think, I think we realised I think I was with Nick When I was in uh, Hamilton with him And it was on um, other words here, Passive Aggressive Woman Month coming soon to the World <laughs> Network. Uh, male Objectification, Jamie's favourite month. Uh, cele- <laughs> celebrity Has Been Month. Space War. Now, come on. If I click on Space War and Star Wars is at number one, there is something wrong with IMDb. <laughs> And there is something wrong with IMDb. <laughs> Bumblebee is number one. <laughs> followed by June. Followed by Star Wars The Last Jedi. It's literally Space War. What is Star Wars called? How? Like, <laughs> I give up. Um, Celebrity Has Been Month. Featuring Galaxy tw- Galaxy Quest, Alan Partridge, Bitter Bush, uh, Alpha Papa, Armed and Famous, and Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> Celebrity has been. That's perfect. Um, and Passive Aggressive Woman Month yeah. uh, featuring Ant-Man, Now You See Me, The Man from Uncle, and a Natalie Portman movie, No Strings Attached. <laughs> uh, you killed it. I'm out that month. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, male-female relationship month. Oh, I've never seen that before. (laughs) (laughs) Title appears in writing. What? (laughs) As opposed to all those movies where the title appears in, like, Braille? Like... (laughs) Fuck. Oh, actress month. (laughs) Oh. They make movies with actresses now. What do you know? <laughs> Finally. 
Is there like um, is there like uh, whitewashing month for Tony Shalhoub or like white guy squinchy eye month? <laughs> uh, there's shot to death. There's murder. Uh, villain not really dead cliche. <laughs> oh, blockbuster! Ex- explosive decompression month. Uh, no, I can't see. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, MacGuffin month. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, anything else to add? <laughs> no, we got we've covered it all and then some. Yeah, I love uh, this I'm- movie. I'm going to bin this. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I put like about an hour into our recap that we've both bought this movie, clearly. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not even a question. And probably will be our number one movie for this month, unless somehow we both love The Notebook. We'll uh, <laughs> see. So anyway, that's uh, Galaxy Quest. Speaking of The Notebook, uh, what is it? The 100th anniversary? It feels like that movie was forever ago. Why are we even talking about this? What is it? 10th anniversary, isn't it? Next 15. week, when's The Notebook? 15! Jesus, that old, is it? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about a human thumb and that girl from Mean Girls. <laughs> um, wow, this one will be fun. Uh, so <laughs> I I saw this movie not long after it came out. Uh, had no interest in it, but heard so many good things from young people, not just old people, which I thought this looks like a movie for old people, that I'm like, oh, I got to check this out. And I remember at the time thinking, you know, it's a pretty good movie, not something that I ever felt the need to watch again. But like, that was OK. And I, I think I probably saw it again, maybe a couple years later on TV. Hadn't really thought anything about it. So I haven't seen this in years um, but it is good to mix things up and pick movies that we would normally be fans of to see, like, Dirty Dancing. Uh, is this just a thing for women? Is it possible for a guy to like this movie? Uh, with this one, I do know that I didn't mind it before, but here's what's really messed me up. When we pick this uh, to, to include in the month as our last-minute edition, I, I think I'd just come off of Jamie watching The Notebook, and she owns a copy of The Notebook, too, and thinking... This is one like Jamie's going to love. So I'm going to come into this from not from perspective of, oh, this movie's terrible uh, because it's not my thing. But let me try to understand it from a woman's point of view. When I was queuing it up on my Netflix to get ready to watch it for next week, Jamie's like, oh, that's such an average movie. And I'm like, what? I'm like, OK, if it's 15 years later and Jamie, who at one point loved The Notebook, is like, Oh, what an overrated movie. Like, maybe this thing doesn't hold up the way that some people think. So it's going to be interesting to watch this because I have no issues with The Notebook. I don't hate this movie. I don't dislike it. I'm not, like, a massive fan. Uh, but I'm starting to feel like this is going to be one of these things where we're going to watch this and be like, this may have worked in 2004. It probably doesn't work now. Well, I know Mallor is excited because, you know... She's thumb. obsessed with the human thumb, so, you know. Um, and this is just one of those ones where it's kind of like all the girls I used to know growing up. You know, I say yeah. used to know because no girls come near me anymore. It's like, oh, that's the most romantic. Oh, I cried. Oh, it's amazing. Oh. You, you said know, girls don't like, come near you anymore. The restraining orders have all kicked in. <laughs> yeah, there's this thing called the law now. It just, it, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't around in the 2000s. Um, but, like, uh, I don't know. I watched the Honest trailer for it the other day because I haven't watched it yet. And I've seen, like, maybe about 20 minutes, half an hour before. And just, I uh, just couldn't. I'm like, oh, God, I've never watched that movie. 
Um, but uh, yeah, uh, James Marsden's in it, isn't he? I like James Marsden. Yeah. Um, but doesn't like and- from what I can gather, he's the same as he is in everything, where he's just kind of the side guy. Where yeah. like he's just never, no one ever loves him like he should be. Like love James Marsden. Like have he's a good guy. Seen- have you ever seen the Cider House Rules with Tobey no. Maguire? Well, the one Michael Caine won Sam Rockwell's Oscar in 1999. Um, I should, though, because it's got Tobey Maguire in it, but no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Cider House Rules and The Notebook are basically the exact same movie, but in my opinion, Cider uh, House Rules is it's kind of The Notebook with some depth, whereas The Notebook is maybe more superficial. And I mean, Nicholas Sparks just became such a huge thing. I, mean, I know that A Walk to Remember was the big one that came out before this, which I think is the one that Jamie's a bigger fan of. Uh, but this movie just sort of led to all of these Nicholas Sparks movies being made. There was like Nicholas Sparks. There was that month every single year where it's like, here's the Nicholas Sparks movie that's coming out every February or March or whatever. And I, I don't know. When was the last time somebody did a Nicholas Sparks movie? Oh, I don't know. I, I, know, I think it's one of Mallory's favorite authors too. So, um... And James Marsden did a Nicholas Sparks movie after that too. That's the other thing. I think that was the last time a Nicholas Sparks movie was made. And let me guess, he was uh, the one that they should Good fall guy, in love guy. with, but instead they fall in love with, you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kate Bosworth should have fallen in love with him in Superman Returns, but no, fell in love with Superman. Uh, you know, Hugh Jackman and Famke Jansen, like, come on, it's James, yeah. like... God damn it. <laughs> um, um, let's see, yeah. The Longest Ride and The Choice. Oh, The Longest Ride, I watched that because Mallory made me download it. That was dumb. That was a yeah. stupid movie. <laughs> so, like, 2014 was the one that James Marsden did called The Best of Me. So, he is Mr. Nicholas Sparks. I love The Choice. <laughs> that sounds so wrong. Will she be with him? Will she give permission? Oh, it's got Maggie Grace in it. Oh, Tom Welling is in it? <laughs> Let's do this next week. Tom Welling and Maggie Grace? And Tom Wilkinson? Oh, Goodness me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tom Welling. God damn it. Is he still charming and nice, old Tom? Uh, you know what? There's a Calgary Comic Con that's coming up um, at the end of April here uh, that has the entire cast of Back to the Future as well as Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville. I am strongly considering mir- missing the potentially missing the birth of my twins to go meet Tom Welling and Michael J. Fox. <laughs> I reckon that's pretty valid. <laughs> I'm sure your children will understand that in 20 years' time. Um, I think they've advertised that, like, there's a, an event called Armageddon, which I think is coming to New Zealand, and, um, yeah, Tom Welling and uh, Lex Luthor. Uh, mm-hmm. Why have I gone blank? Like, they're both yeah. coming to it. Yeah. There was one uh, in Australia, like, when I'd left, and I was so sad because I came to Brisbane, where, like, um, uh, In Summerholder was there, and I'm like, oh, I could have met Boone! Um, I was so sad. I think there was somebody else really big that went to it as well. But, um, god damn, stupid fan things that aren't on when I'm not there. Anyway, um, notebooks are like one of my... I love notebooks. I love going to, like, Office Works here in Australia or, like, Office Max, whatever you guys call it over there. Like, I fucking will buy notebooks when I don't need notebooks. So, if this movie ruins my love for notebooks, fuck you, Ryan Gosling. Like, I'm holding him responsible for ruining my love of notebooks. He's already ruined my love for the space program. Thank you very much, first man. Yeah, and he's already ruined my love for 
I don't know what else. I'm not seeing him in anything. <laughs> I don't watch Ryan no. Gosling movies. <laughs> I, I will I will get into it more next week, but Ryan Gosling, uh, I've had he's one of those actors that I've had a grudge against, despite the fact I can't say anything bad about him uh, in recent years. I mean, I don't love him in things, but it's not like I hate him. But one of his early roles, I was so soured on him that for years I would not even give him a chance. Was it uh, Half Nelson? I'm just looking at his. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's been in. I'm just, he was in the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, God. Uh, he was in Goosebumps. We should really be talking about this next week, shouldn't we? Anyway. Um... Yo, Goosebumps next week? Nice. <laughs> See, I read those books as a kid. See, I used to read. Um <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so next week, um, The Human Thumb and Mrs. Doctor Strange coming soon next week. Um, see, I used to like Rachel McAdams, but I've kind of gone off her now. Uh, in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and all the relevant channels, and uh, Galaxy Quest, watch it right now. Like, stop listening. You shouldn't be listening to us. Go watch it, because it's such a great film, and I want to go watch it again right now, because it's such a great film. Uh, my name is... Ben, or Termite, or Dalmatian, whatever. And my name is Chief of Security, Rock Ingersoll, uh, plucky comic relief. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.